Are we starting now? That sort of crept up on us. I thought we had, yes. Thought we did you just hit yourself in the face with the no, microphone? I, thing. I was a little distracted because I was listening to all those TV songs and like reliving my youth. Here's the here's the best part. This is what everybody missed you saying about uh, two minutes ago. So we're all getting ready for today's program while listening to the final moments of the recap, getting ready for a, 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 a flawless and smooth transition into the regular program, which clearly didn't happen. Um, so Tim is working on his news. I'm over here frantically trying to collate all of these the various piles of things that we want to talk about today. Sarah is busy assembling her top five TV theme songs list, and that's difficult, isn't it? It's not easy. It is really hard. I am um, I'm having a moral struggle over it's here. So zingy, it becomes very frustrating. And so at one point, after like the 19th revision to her top five TV theme songs list, Sarah actually. With all sincerity in her voice, without a, without a trace I, of sarcasm or irony, Sarah actually said, people don't appreciate how hard it is to be us. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you make it sound so much worse. <laughs> no, it's true. It's, it's really it's, difficult. It's quite difficult. <laughs> we should go find the guy who works at a prison and let him know how it's hard like, our lives are. It's like putting your head on the chopping block. Because well, people can, dude, they can feel free to like send their little emails and be like, oh, this is my top five. But would you really put it out there for, you know, Snark away on a blog about how bad your music taste is? Seriously. I've, it's nerve-wracking. Can I just tell you this? It, uh, it is now uh, more than two days since I did my top five TV theme songs list. And within, again, just like the last 12 minutes. I got three different emails. You suck. Your list was terrible. I already got two emails today referring yeah. to your list. That's what I'm saying. So, all right. Uh, in any event, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let us now begin this, the Rick Emerson radio program. Some people have a hard time explaining rock and roll. Really explain rock and roll. Maybe Pete Townsend. But that's okay. Rock and roll is a lifestyle and a way of thinking. And it's not about money and popularity, although some money would be nice. But it's a voice that says, here I am, and f*** you if you can't understand me. And one of these people is going to save the world. And that means that rock and roll can save the world, all of us together. And the chicks are great. But... What it all comes down to is that thing. The indefinable thing when people catch something from your music. What I'm talking about is... Wait, what am I talking about? The buzz. The buzz. And the chicks, the whatever, is an offshoot of the buzz. Like you saying you like Beaver Dog. That is the f***ing buzz! It's just Steve Kasim on busiest day today. It's hard to forget, Sarah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now the segue from the almost famous bit into the opening uh, theme here was all muddled up. That was my fault. Forgot to give Sarah the countdown. It's going to be a great day. I can just smell it. That is the scent of greatness wafting over the horizon, ladies and gentlemen. Why, hello. It's uh, four minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of March in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. I am he. Uh, thank you for joining us today. It is Wednesday. And uh, welcome to Day 12. Best show ever already. It's 503-733-2970. 503 
Uh, 733-2970. 503-733-2970. You want you should uh, join us today. Weigh in with your comments, clarifications, conventions, two cents, ruminations of a spurious nature, what have you. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Richard Brist- uh, Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the somewhere in between. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T. At 970.am. All right. Uh, here's what's coming up today. We have uh, seen a radio correspondent, James Roop, who will be joining us from Los Angeles today. Uh, also seeing a radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins, who will weigh in on the, was that the, was that the Mississippi thing? Mississippi primary. So, yeah, uh, so Obama won it. Obama continues his, uh, his, his march on a thing of another thing. Abomination. Abomination. Yes. Uh, let's see. We'll also talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum from New York City today as we talk about uh, one governor, uh, Elliot Spitzer, or I guess we can call him former governor. Oh, wait, is he for another three days? Something like they're talking about getting putting the transition in place, yeah. uh, which is, I think, I think that is code for give me your security key. And now let us delete everything off your computer. So that's uh, coming up today. Steve Kastenbaum, Jim Roop, Lisa Desjardins, uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com will be joining us today. Uh, local musician Morgan Grace in the studio later on in the program. Geek Watch coming up today. Clown Watch coming up today. Most importantly, though, and not to, uh, I don't want to put any pressure on anybody, but it's all on the line today for Sarah Dillon with her top five. Top five TV theme songs of all time. Let me ask you and this. I just remembered another one right now, so now I had to take out it's not yet easy, another one. It? How many revisions to the list have you done, let's say, in just the last half hour? Four? A lot of them. <laughs> like, more many. than four. More than four, because something will come into my head, and, like, I can't not have that. On. Like, it's... <sighs> it's not even really deciding what to put on. It's deciding what to cut. That's you know what exactly I mean? exactly it, because... You can I can think of like 15 songs that I love, but it's like which one's better? Which exactly. one will like drum up the most nostalgia with people, and they'll agree with me? That was which... my whole thing about it. It's not even about does Barney Miller go on or does the Twilight Zone go on? It's about how can I not have uh, the Jeffersons? You know, here's another one. Can I just tell you this? Here's one that my wife. I went home and she met me at the front door and just gave it to me right in the face about the top five. She's like, ain't another one. I mean, it's two days later, my wife is still drawing a list of things that I left off. Here's one I didn't put on. And I really ought to be just drummed out of Generation X for this. All in the family. How could I not have put All in the Family on? Well, there? should I tell you what ones I've already that I've bumped off that I've wanted to put on? Give me, uh, do this. Uh, 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 give us I, two. Okay. That you that you, now were these originally on the list? They and were then originally you, on the list. Can you drop my mic just yeah. a hair? It feels like I'm. Feels like it's cracking up a little bit there. Um, okay, can you give us two that were on the list that you have subsequently removed? Okay, I took. Oh, I can't even pick the two. Um, I took off Mash. Okay. And I just took off uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, see, I almost did that one, too. Yeah. I almost had the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because it satisfies a couple of the criteria. A, it sets up the premise of the show. It establishes the characters. It tells you the background of everybody there. Mm-hmm. It's performed by one of the show's cast members, which is great. Not unlike the Brady Bunch. So, and, you know, and for what it is, it's a pretty classic television series. I mean, in its own sort of horrific way. I'm going to tell you one more I just took off. One more that you took off. Go. Okay, and then that's it. Uh, I just took off Family Matters. 
Yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, different I really, to the family I'm, I'm, I like that show a lot because I'd watch it every single day, and I still remember every word to that theme song. I don't have a problem with the MASH song being taken up, and I'll tell you why. Because although I do like the original composite, like Suicide is Painless, great song, uh, I don't really care for the arrangement that they use on the on MASH. It's too brass heavy, and I know that makes me sound like a big music nerd. Uh, but it's just, it was it's really too, abrupt every it's too time. Jaunty. That's what I remember about it when I was younger, and I'd watch a show. I, I remember there was some show on right before MASH that I really, really loved, and I would try to change the and channel. Instead, there's radar looking up at the helicopters coming over the mountains. Yeah. And I think that's why I think I like the song more than I like the theme. That's the you no. Know, that's exactly no. You're completely right about that. A suicide is painless, as done by Tim. Oh God, Al Delory. I keep wanting to say Brewer and Shipley. No, it isn't. <laughs> I don't know why. Suicide is painless by... Is that right? It might be. I don't know. I'm going to have to go seek it out. Anyway, uh, Suicide is painless. Great song. The mash... Uh, arrangement of that is not very good. I don't really, again, I don't really care for the brass that they use. It, it just makes it too, it's shrill sounding to me. And again, I don't like the way it does, it builds to that big crescendo of that da 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 da. Um, I don't really care for that. I'm a it, as they say. All right, in any event. So that's coming up. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. Well, Spitzer resigns, giving New York its first black governor. The man involved in that lewd, repulsive act at the Clackamas Target store. As Mark DeBritt calls it, Target Wanker is arrested. Uh, he has been uh, booked and released. Oregon hospital errors killed only 24 last year. Cops are now on Westside Max trains. I saw one this morning. Barack Obama wins the Mississippi primary. And a Washington woman really puts food on her family. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. Also, I got the brand new National Enquirer sitting in front of me here. Oh, now, I saw it on the internet. Have you seen the Britney thing? Do you know what I'm talking about? Brittany, uh, no longer being pregnant? No. No. Recently unpregnant? Oh, well, I did read something about how she decided to unpregnate herself That's with Adnan's the thing. kid. I guess, yeah, it's, uh, Brittany, uh, becomes unpregnant, as TMZ would put it, which is sort of odd. I mean, that's, that's not the sort of a thing, I mean, again, as we always say, uh, the Inquirer doesn't say stuff unless they've got it, so it's all very, uh, it's all very strange. Anyway, so we got the uh, the new Inquirer. Uh, it, it's got the and it's got a truly her- like there's any other kind of picture of Star Jones. It's got a horrific picture of Star Jones on the front, looking as she always does, like uh, something out of the Please cantina inside it Star Wars. I could see it. It's just no. She's just got this weird. First of all, she's got there's something wrong with Star Jones in that. Can I just say this? It's not like she was some like a, like a real pleasure to look at before, but the thing is when you lose weight too quickly. Your body, I think you need several years to take off that amount of weight, because otherwise all of your features seem like they've slid around a bunch on your face. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's, you know, it's like if you're really, really fat and you lose a lot of weight, you get like the, uh, like your stomach can't quite tighten itself fast enough, and sometimes you have to get the extra That's flab like Bob removed. That's what saying that he might that he lost weight so quickly. Yeah, that he yes he might have to actually if he wanted to he would have to like cosmetically surgically get uh, some of that is sort of removed. I don't mean gross, but I mean it's just you know it's because yeah, your body's all stretchy. Your body's used to carrying around more mud in that sack. Um, the thing about Star Jones is it's not just the stomach; it's sort of the all over. And it is it is like you took a nominally attractive woman, and then she melted for a while, and everything just sort of slid, like, I don't know, half an inch or so. Um, anyway, yes, Richie, to, to answer your question, I can see the screen. Yeah, the call screening software is working. All right, well, in any event, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you? 
I am doing super fantastically well. We had our bowling t- um, tournament last night, and we made it to the when semifinals. Triumphant. We did. It was. We made it to the top eight, and then we um, played against uh, 105.9 with our old friend Scott Tom and uh, yes. Bob, Bill Kissler and uh, played them, and we won. So we're up to we're minute to the semifinals. All that really matters to me is that you defeated that horrible woman from Clear Channel. You know what? Okay, so the team... Did she stop showing up? Tell me she no longer no, comes. she was there last night. She was, she's always the lane next to us. It's always uncomfortable, and she gets drunker she's and louder. Drunk. <laughs> and so, so they were playing uh, the Intercom team, who are buddies of ours, and then right. we were playing 105.9, and our bracket is whoever won that t- that team, that game, uh, we played next week. Right. And they disliked her so much that it, the anchor fueled them, and they beat their team. Really? So we don't have to so I'd never have to see it well until next season but I don't have to see that lady anymore in your face horrific clear channel and woman I was so worried that we were gonna have to play her next week yeah. they were still playing after we were done so well she's been vanquished though so that's no longer an issue and um, I pulled a 134 really mm-hmm now were you drunk because Clyde bowls a lot better when he's drunk. I'm totally. I never drink when we were um, when we bowl. And last night, I was just like, I, it's going to be our last night. I'm like, I'm drinking beer. We went through like four pitchers. I got better and better and better. You know why? Better. It's because you quit caring. It's because you were no longer nervous. You had no personal investment in it. And you became sort of zen with the, the game. The numbers just kept going up and up and up the more beer I drank. Exactly. All it right. was fantastic. Well done. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, well, let's do... We have a couple of calls. I got some things to get to. Just a couple of brief observations. One... So, oh, I found this great promo that we got to play because we've been on the Elliot Spitzer uh, hooker tip. So I found this great promo that it, we actually haven't even put in the system yet, but it's a promo that Buzz made uh, of us, I think, last week. And it sort of, it was, remember that guy who called yesterday and said that um, his in-laws had just started, they like, they'd just gotten into the car and they turned on the radio and the in-laws who don't like him anyway because they're from Utah, and mm-hmm. they turned on the radio and immediately we were talking about whores. So I found something else that's like that from last week uh, that we'll play. Um, uh, let's see. Small note number two. It, you may have noticed, I don't know if you were walking around upstairs earlier today, but there was no one here. Yeah, the there were no cars here. Entire, you know why? Uh-oh. Here's another reason to be glad that you are you and uh, and not uh, an AE. You know, which it works out some, you know, well for some folks. Look, some people are meant to sell, some people are not. Here's how uh, I know that we were not meant to sell. Tell me how much this makes you cringe. Everybody upstairs today, they weren't here because they were at a cold calling seminar like there's a worse way to spend your morning i mean it's like five different layers of bad train you how to call people who don't know you on the phone and ask them for money oh that reminds me of interning for trey yeah Yeah. okay go through this side of the phone book totally i want you to pick every third name call them and see if you can get them to buy an annual you wouldn't happen to be in the market for a burglar alarm (laughs) would you I did that before. <laughs> really? About a week, yeah. It's, it's, I had to do that thing where I sold it. I, I'll tell the story. I, I had to sell light bulbs made by retarded kids. Like, I mean, as though there's something to less recommend buying a light bulb. It was made by someone with hooks or whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, I would, sit, <laughs> I would sit there in this sad-ass little, like, like room that with bad wood paneling on the walls at a card table and just sitting there with a phone and it was really sad because you were at a table uh, surrounded by other tables where there were other people at sad phones dialing trying to sell retarded light bulbs. And you would notice that some of them had been in this job for so long that they had developed little tricks like dialing the phone uh, with a pencil. Like they would hold a pencil and they would jab the numbers on the phone keypad with a pencil. And it was because they had been at the job for so long that otherwise the tips of their fingers would become calloused. And that's really how you know that, I mean... If that doesn't motivate you to at least, like, get your GED, really nothing is going to. So I would go through the phone book, and they would literally tell you just, like, to pick. Like, they would give you, like, A through, like, D. 
And you were supposed to start at page one oh. and just pick like every every third name or something. Uh, and did, they would, you know, did you call them up? And go, uh, hello, uh, would, would, you, would, you, would you like to buy light bulbs made by somebody with spina bifida or whatever it is? And of course, no one. I mean, the answer is no. Of course not. Would you like to buy light bulbs made by people with an IQ of room temperature? No, really? That's hard to believe. Hello? So, anyway. Um, well, that's too bad for that. And just a brief note. Uh, so times must be hard because I was at the mall yesterday at Lloyd's Center. <laughs> you go there so much. I had to buy some pants. Uh, I got all my favorite jeans are disintegrating because of my immense girth. Did gir- you go to the Gap? I did. Did you buy the same size pants or did you have to move? I bought the same size pants. No, I know that I say these things and no one ever believes me. I believe you. But I my pants, I have a pair of pants that's well, a different I know size. Well, your stomach grows over your pants. That's the thing is the gut is all above waistline. That's the thing. So I can do... there are men with like these enormous, you know, they look like they're smuggling like eight children in there, but they have like really small waists. <laughs> no, they, um, no, I have, my waist stays a 31, uh, but it's just everything, everything between nipple and waist just becomes massive. It's like I have a pony keg or something in my shirt. Um, anyway, but I was walking through the mall, and you know that they had that kiosk? Do you remember that time we went to the mall with Jolie? And she went into that kiosk where they sold cosmetics for today's fashionable black lady. And jo- uh, Jolie somehow didn't notice that it was for black women. And so there's Jolie, who's like the whitest. I mean, she's the whitest of the white. And she, went and she goes, um, so I'm looking for something that will really um, bring out my eyes and maybe, um, you know, maybe just help to highlight uh, my lips a little bit or whatever. And there's this very this uncomfortable looking black woman having to talk to Jolie. With that, and she doesn't want to say, like, Move along, Whitey. Like this, <laughs> like this, this lady, not for you. She was really nice, but I think she was a bit confused by Jolie. She was really nice because Jolie had no clue that she was at a kiosk specifically designed for today's fashionable black woman. So anyway, you know what's at that kiosk now? Sitting there on a sad stool, looking like they wish they were dead. Scientologists. I walked, Seriously? No, I walked by, and at that kiosk... And there's a guy sitting there, like, it looks a lot like the teeny other stool in here, like it's from a Quiznos. Guy sitting there, slumped forward, just sort of picking his fingernails and looking at the floor really, really sadly. I did walk by later, though, and he had, uh, he'd lured some woman in, and she was doing that thing where she's holding the paint cans or whatever. Didn't hold paint cans? You know, whatever those things are. Those big metal tube things. I don't know. I've never seen a Scientologist anyway, in real life. In real life. In the wild. It's like a California condor. I've only seen them in books. Uh, anyway, so if you stop by Lloyd's Center today, you can keep an eye out for them. Uh, let's see, uh, emails to get to here. Let's see, uh, prostitutional, now we'll come back to that. CNN, come back to that. God, there's so many people talking about Sanford and Son. I mean, it's like I committed some, it's like I committed a felony by not putting Sanford and Son on this top five. Here's a great email. This is an email only we would get. Hey, Rick, this is a link to a video, a link I did not click, by the way. Link to a video. Rick, check out the size of this leech. Uh-huh. Put that over here. Uh, I'll read this, then we'll get these calls, then we'll come back with Steve Kastenbaum, actually, who's going to be at the bottom of the hour, talking about Elliot Spitzer. Um, this says, uh, Rick, thanks a lot, thanks a lot, thanks a lot, you effing bastard. Based on your suggestion and Sarah's, too, I watched Requiem for a Dream last night. Suggestion? I we uh, My conscience is clear. We warn people. Mm-hmm. Says, could I be any more depressed? I don't know. Maybe this week I'll once again witness a man being dropped via the Paramount Hotel like I did last year. This, I think, is the guy who emailed us because he saw the dude jump off the Paramount Hotel. And anyway. then we went and saw that terrible movie. That made us want to jump off. That's the right. Time. That was then, but then when I got to meet the dreamy Joshua Jackson. So the day the guy jumped off the Paramount, that was the day we went to see Bobby, starring Joshua Jackson from Dawson's Creek. 
Anyway, he says, uh, I am spreading the word about your show, just not this week. I'm too busy sucking my thumb while curled in a fetal position. My conscience, I have no... We. It's not like we lied and said that movie was a big pick-me-up. So uh, I feel fine about that. Uh, let's see. Let's do these calls. Oh, later on today, we found out that uh, Florida's going to be rationing toilet paper. So we have a great story about that. Uh, and we have a... We're going to take a cultural... Uh, we take the cultural temperature here. We have. A, I have a question about regional alcohol consumption. And this is something that one of the AEs and I were talking about uh, yesterday. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Way to start the show with a bang, sir. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh, I, I, I'm on. Okay, sorry, I was measuring your house. I'm on the show? Yes. <laughs> no, we're, we're making sales cold no. calls. Would <laughs> sir, like would, you like to buy, would you like to buy some light bulbs made by uh, handicapped kids? I had to go to work. I was listening to you for half an hour here. I'm sorry. Hey. I just saw Roadhouse for the first time this weekend. Uh -huh. How is that possible? How old are you? I'm for, uh, 48. <laughs> you're 48. You're a 48-year-old man. Have you lived in America your whole life? I have. And you just saw Roadhouse this weekend. I've only seen bits, bits and pieces over time, but I was sick. I had the flu this weekend, so I finally sat down and watched it on demand. But, I mean, let's back up for a second. How is it that you've not seen Roadhouse before? Have You, act, you almost have to deliberately avoid Roadhouse in this I culture. Deliberately avoid... I'd watch bits and pieces of it. you got to be kidding me. It's like war games. I mean, really, I, if you turn on the television, the odds are one in two that any channel will be showing war games this weekend. So, all right. So you watch Roadhouse. Okay. Well, anyway, there's just a, there's just a, kind of a, a key moment in the big fight with the pretty boy guy that kind of stands in the background right. of the movie. Yeah, right before he uh, pulls his throat. Right before he does the throat pull. Yeah. Right. But before that, there's this moment where he grabs him. He, you think he's taking him down, just the classic dramatic moment, right before you think he's going to uh, fall, but he actually comes back and, you know, rises to the rescue. But right at that moment, he has him in a chokehold, and he says something to him. Do you remember what he says? I don't, actually. It's actually been a couple of years since I've seen that. Oh, my time. God. Because that moment is so odd, because I don't know how, how graphic. I uh, obviously can't be graphic, but he goes, something to the effect of, he goes, um, he's holding him tight. He has him dead like he's going to choke him to death. He goes, I used to... You know, F guys like you in prison. Yeah, that's right. I'm confused. I'm confusing that with Phil Hartman on SNL one time. There was this there was this great SNL bit where Phil Hartman played Frank Sinatra, and I and it was like the McLaughlin group, but it was the Sinatra group. Right. And Sinatra, Phil Hartman as Sinatra had these really great but really vile, like very brutal responses to everybody who he disagreed with. And there, was this, there was this great line where somebody's trying to pick a fight with Sinatra, and Phil Hartman as Sinatra says, this is the best thing anybody's ever said. He goes, I got chunks of guys like you in my stool. Yeah, exactly. Which is like the best thing I've ever heard. Uh, excellent. Well, I'm glad you saw it, sir. Anyway, thanks. Thank you. All right, there you go. Well, that call was a solid three. <laughs> Let's try again. Hi, you're on the Rick Keep Emerson trying. Show. Hello. I know, but it was like... Couldn't figure out who was on the air. Bad cell phone. Then he spent like an hour, like explaining everything in the movie. It's just a long build-up. Good guy. Long build-up. Uh, three out of ten. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello, Rick. Hi. Hey, I, I will be quick. And hi, Sarah. And hi, Tim. Hi, hi. Hello. Uh, first of all, awesome, awesome, awesome. Morgan Grace is coming into the studio. I'm a big fan of hers. That's going to be totally cool to listen to. Excellent. Well, she'll be here in the two o'clock hour. Excellent. I will be glued to my radio. Thank you. Um, as always. Uh, also, and Sarah, I, this is something I haven't heard mentioned in, in all the lists of the uh, TV theme shows. Has anybody come up with the Mission Impossible theme? Uh, well, I'm surprised Tim didn't do that, actually. Yeah, I was I thinking Tim, Tim would do that. It yesterday. I had to eliminate it. Why? 
Because the Tom Cruise connection? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, because but that's the thing is, it's like it is, it's impossible. I mean, it it it, it can't doing five best TV theme songs. It can't be done. I mean, not because I mean, look. Here's the thing: you can come up with five or six that really, really uh, deserve to be on the list, but trying to come up with, uh, you know, there's no way to, to make it definitive because it's there are too many that are good. There's just it's as we said earlier, it's what to leave off. That's really what's what's hard, sir. Yes, and and I I fully sympathize with you guys, and, yeah. and it doesn't matter what. Sarah's list is going to have on it. There's no way that even between the three of you guys and a, and a caller tomorrow, there's no way that you guys can get all the good ones. No, but give us mm. points for trying, sir. Yes, excellent. It's an E right. for effort. All right, thank you. Try right. as we may. Try as we may. No, we'll never measure up. Uh, all right, well, we should take a break here. We'll come back. Steve Kastenbaum here at the bottom of the hour. Lisa Desjardins. Later on, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Morgan Grace, Jim Roop, uh, and the top five. Stay there. It's the Rick the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, Tim Riley, uh, James Roop, uh, Lisa Desjardins, the top five and so forth. This, however, from New York City, CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How's your life? How's things? Pretty, pretty good. I think I always join the show whenever there's a scandal in New York, you know? Well, that's what I mean... This is a, a weird thing, too, because this means they must have they must have been looking at this guy for... What, like six months, a year, something like that? Yeah, it's really interesting. So Elliot Spitzer resigned uh, about, uh, oh, geez, maybe about two and a half hours ago. The governor of New York resigned, said he'll hand over the reins to the lieutenant governor. Uh, on Monday, New York State will have its first ever African-American governor. He also happens to be legally blind. Which really? Is first. Yeah, yeah, it's a first. Uh, and uh, the governor apparently had some irregularities in his... Uh, Spending accounts. Please tell me that they're looking at whether he used public money to buy hookers. Well, he didn't use the public money to buy the prostitutes, apparently, but uh, he was, uh, you know, on the public dole at the time, meaning that he, uh, you know, had taken a state aircraft to Washington, D.C. for meetings that he had, and the state was paying for his hotel room at the time, but there was a different hotel room used for the rendezvous. So it's uh, not clear yet if, if that was paid for by the state. However, what they saw was that the, the money in his accounts were being moved around and payments were being made in a way so that uh, they w looked like they were being covered up. Uh, if, you, if, if he had made payments over $5,000, a certain type of paperwork filing would have had to have been done. And it, and it would have had it would have somebody been would have asked for, why. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is, but this is a so little that, bit like that Giuliani thing, right? Weren't they trying to nail Giuliani for a while about using using public funds to go visit his then mistress? Well, it's a little bit different this time because he Spitzer can actually now because he moved around these funds and had the payments below forty uh, five thousand dollars in a cover up attempt. He's actually uh, opened himself up for a charge of what they call structuring, 
Now, this was used uh, you know, a long time ago. This law was enacted in order to combat uh, organized crime, you know, money laundering. Isn't it just easier to get a divorce? I mean, really, honestly. I, again, I'm not, and please, I'm not, as we always say, I'm not passing any judgment about it. I'm very libertarian about these things. Everything ought to be legal, in my opinion. But, I mean, if you are to the point where you're having to, uh, it, like, cook the books and move funds around and create some sort of fictitious paper trail to cover the fact that you are repeatedly going to a brothel, Maybe maybe it's time for just a little bit of a separation. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like and it's not like that's going to somehow disqualify you from holding elected office in New York either. Let's be honest. Or, or why do something that, uh, as an attorney general who has prosecuted uh, many high-end call girl operations, who knows how illegal these things are? Why do something that is so blatantly against the law? When you know you look back on history and you find out many of our elected officials were in marriages that were pretty much there for show, that the love had gone, and they had mistresses on the side for years that, in some cases, even the wife knew about. So, you know, it's something that is not uh, unheard of in in politics for uh, an elected official to have uh, a failed marriage that, that they're just keeping up for appearance purposes and then to have a girlfriend on the side, you know? The best part it, that I, I saw, I forget where it was, but I saw something this morning. I, it was on Drudge, and I, I forgot to actually, I, I didn't bring the article in with me, but they were, somebody was trying to do a little a little spin this morning where they were saying that no, no, his wife urged him to remain in the position and not resign. And so I don't know if that's, if that's true or not, because the, the question then becomes, now that he's no longer governor, uh, are they going to try to, so they're going to try to jack him up on these on these charges, undoubtedly, uh, and he's not going to be able to use any sort of governmental shield to hide any of this paperwork that he might have otherwise maybe tried to do, right? Right, and uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office here stated moments ago that they have reached no deal with Governor Spitzer on his problems or any other matter right now. So it, it doesn't look like there's anything in the works at the moment, although we do know that his law firm is, has been meeting with the U.S. Attorney's Office, presumably to work out some sort of plea deal. You know, this this uh, charge of structuring, uh, if if you're guilty of uh, moving really large sums of money around like that, uh, you could get up to five years in prison. We don't know uh, if that's something that they're considering uh, with Spitzer. Probably not. Uh, this morning it was revealed by sources working on the administration in several reports that uh, they believe he spent upwards of $80,000 on prostitutes Jesus over the course God. over the course of several years though. I hope it was worth it. I mean really <laughs> again it's, it's just the uh, the just the idea that you could somehow spend 80 thousand dollars on that sort of a thing it's <clears throat> an ongoing discussion we've had over the last few days is the notion that there are five thousand dollar prostitutes and how that is somehow differentiated from like a fifteen hundred dollar prostitute you know what I'll i mean tell like, you how, i'll tell you how the, the five thousand dollar ones are the ones that are supposed to keep the secret well you know, that's what you're paying for and that know? was actually going to be my next thing is so now that they've like rolled this this prostitution ring uh is anybody i mean have they have they found you know they always we found the madam's black book uh, is that uh, anybody anybody else in the offing in this? Well, here's what we know. The, this case, the investigation was really still ongoing, very much so, when uh, the uh, word started to leak out. Had the New York Times not uh, started to uh, investigate this story on a tip, they uh, this we may not have heard about this for several more weeks, if not months, to come, because we're told they're sifting through uh, thousands of hours of wiretapped phone conversations, emails, instant messages, text messages, things like that. Uh, and, and they still have a ways to go before they're able to tell the full scope 
not just of Elliot Spitzer's involvement, but the full scope of this operation. And given the fact that one elected official had been using this call girl operation, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that there's going to be others. Do you always just assume that there's some sort of payoff in it for the wife, too? Because Tim Riley, our news director, was just noting that, you know, there she is, she's standing up next to him like some 1950s Donna Reed housewife. Uh, and clearly the reason that she was there when he resigned is she is some sort of human shield, right? Because, because if he's just standing up there by himself... The press is immediately going to pepper him with all sorts of very uh, sort of titillating and, and probing questions. But even as horrible as the press corps typically is, they're not going to ask any of that stuff with her standing right there. So, Well, as they were walking out of the, uh, the governor's office, uh, out of the room that's used for news conferences, he didn't take any questions. They started walking out. Uh, one reporter yelled out, uh, where do you go from here, governor? And then another reporter yelled out to his wife. Are you going to leave the? Are you going to leave your husband, or are you going to leave the governor? And there was no response uh, at all. So, the, yeah. so we did live down to our uh, expectations well done, and, and did yell it out. I Thank do believe you. he's he's leaving to to spend less time with his family. Uh, <laughs> you know, but his father is an extremely rich man. He's in real estate here in New York, and his father was sort of like, uh, in, seriously, the, sort of like the Jewish Joe Kennedy, in that he wanted to see his son become the first Jewish president. And much in the way that uh, Joe Kennedy paved the way for his sons to become uh, political, uh, a, a, a political hierarchy here, uh, a, a dominant family in, in American politics, um, Elliot Spitzer's father had similar uh, images of his son one day. It does make you wonder, actually, how the Kennedy – I think about this sometimes, about how – the Kennedy, uh, the Kennedy dynasty, starting with Joe Kennedy and then obviously with, with JFK and, and Bobby and Teddy, how that would have functioned in today's sort of media-saturated environment. Because Joe Kennedy was certainly no slouch when it came to burying stories he didn't want to see the light of day and buying off people whose uh, favor he needed to curry. Uh, I do yeah. often wonder if, if, the, if, if JFK had to deal with today's press corps, uh, you know, if he could have gotten away with banging Marilyn Monroe on the Oval Office desk or whatever. So... Probably, probably not. Hey, Rick, I'm afraid I'm going to have to no, go. I've got another station waiting for me. No, that's me, fine. So, it's, a, it's a busy day for you, I know. So we'll let you go, and we will talk day. to you in the immediate future, sir. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So long. Steve Kastenbaum. Yes, that guy's, uh, that guy's hip deep in it today. All right, there you go. Fantastic. Wonderful. Uh, by the way, I am holding uh, this 20-sided die, I'm courtesy holding, of... Uh, throwing it up in the air over and over again. It's become my new thing. Well, because, you know, during the opening of the show, I, I twirl my pen, and I've developed this new tick... Because everybody has these, right? Where Letterman has the, uh, if you watch Letterman, he does the, uh... That's just he... good every once in a while, but every time I look at you, it's like flying in the air. And then, of course, the thing that I, uh, and I've tried to do this less as time has gone on, but the thing that I got from Rush Limbaugh was the, uh, that, the rustling of the paper. Uh, so I have this thing I do in the opening of the show when we're talking about what's coming up, and we're teasing the news, and we're going around the room. I do this the right, I throw my pen in the air. I say it, doing it now as though anybody can see it. Uh, but now that's been augmented to where I'm throwing the pen, and then for the duration of the show, I am throwing Aaron's 20-sided uh, die here. Uh, we're going to use this, by the way, to give away a copy of Into the Wild on DVD here in just a while. Uh, so that'll be before the top of the hour. I keep saying that, and then I keep not doing it, but we're going to do it before the top of the hour today. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, From the Hill! Maybe we should put the dice away until the we do the giveaway. Okay. Well, let me just take this call. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. You sounded like a mom just said, maybe we should put the dice away until we're in Orlando. Hi. Yes, hello. Hi. Yes. Uh, yesterday you were talking about uh, Gilligan and Marianne getting informed. Yes. And uh, on the movie, the TV movie, Escape from Gilligan's Island, mm -hmm. or Rescue, 
the professor. I think it is rescue from Gilligan's Island. Thank you. Uh, he actually says uh, we need to gather more hemp for rope. Really? Does he actually say that? Yes. Fantastic. Do you remember how uh, Rescue from Gilligan's Island ended, sir? Uh, didn't they all go back to the island? They ended up on the same island again. Wah, so wah. everything is cyclical. Well, I will give you now. Here's the thing. Sir, I will do this right now because I keep wanting to give away this copy of Into the Wild on DVD. Uh, wait, hold on. Let me read the copy. Wait, hold on. Stay, stay there. Where the hell do I always put my Into the Wild copy? Oh, here we go. Into the Wild, based on the best-selling book with screenplay and direction by Sean Penn, starring Emil Hirschland and an all-star cast in this captivating travelogue of a man who leaves everything behind to seek adventure in the Alaska wilderness. Available on DVD and HD DVD marks with Paramount Vantage. So, uh, we've got that. Sir, I will give you a copy of Into the Wild on DVD right now. Uh, if you can name the follow-up uh, TV film to Escape from uh, Rescue from Gilligan's Island. They did Gil to Gilligan's Island. No, 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 no. I think that's wrong. I don't think that's correct. I'll have now see now I have to double check because I don't think that's right. Uh I think that the follow-up film to Rescue from Gilligan's Island was different. Now of course I have to look it up. Because I there they did Gilligan's Island the series, then they did uh Rescue from Gilligan's Island. At one point they did a TV film where they had somehow been discovered by mainland Hawaii and they were running uh, like a like a vacation resort or something. The millionaire comes back and opens a resort okay. on the island. Oh, uh, see, now I have to look. Um, and then they get the Globetrotters to play against robots. Now, see, now you're conflating everything. All right, in a, here, here we go. Rescue from Gilligan's Island was the first made-for-TV movie. Uh, then you are thinking of the castaways on Gilligan's Island, in which the Howells converted the island into a getaway resort. Then, then the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island. So you are actually, we're both wrong, sir, uh, because the Globetrotters came one movie later than I thought, and you got the title wrong. Oh, our parents must be so proud. <laughs> or ashamed, depending. Yes. Thank you, hey, sir. One, yes? one, quick, one quick question. Yeah. The guy that uh, partook of the dirtiness at Target? Yes. Did he go there planning that, or was there just something at Target that he just, just really got him going? I uh, I think you'd have to ask him, sir. Although I do believe he's just been cited and released today. I don't even think they. I don't even think How they. How could he not get in trouble for that? Because it's a misdemeanor, apparently. Misdemeanor. I think it's just because I think Mr. Tim will have the story later. But I do believe they they realized it wasn't even a felony. Like, and I don't. And here's the weird thing about the really f thing about that is I don't even think it's a sex crime, uh, even though it was you know, even though she felt something hit the back of her pants. What, I I do believe it is a mit littering. Okay, you're out. Yeah, on that one, you're out, sir. Thank you. Tim Riley's got. <laughs> Littering. I can't top that. Okay. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From the Hill, CNN Radio Correspondent to the Stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello. Good afternoon, guys. Hi, how are you? How's life? Good, good. I'm actually um, outside of my usual uh, location. I'm standing here on stakeout as we've had some Iraq war protesters apparently shut down one of the corridors of the Capitol uh, as they finished arresting these guys. So I'm on Iraq war protesters stakeout. For what were they being arrested? Uh, they were actually inside the Senate chamber in the visitor's gallery, and they started shouting out, uh, you know, anti-war slogans. It's not, right. We're not, still not quite clear what they said. Either they said, I'm opposed to the Iraq war, or I am a ghost of the Iraq war. Okay. Well, we'll have somebody yeah, look into that. Go. All right. Well, yeah. there you go. I, uh, okay. 
Uh, the fam- families are moving back in line. You know, the kids are getting their seats back in the Senate now. Looks like things are uh, getting back in order. I don't mean to sound cynical about this. The thing about people who are protesting the Iraq War at this point is that, like, it just, like, it just sort of seems like I, it wasn't like isn't it like ninety nine point nine eight 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 percent of the country now realizing that that was a bad idea. Like, I think everybody's <laughs> mind, everybody's mind has been changed. They've just opted not not to really do anything about it. I, uh, you know, so well, whatever. right. But, but what, one reason that uh, they haven't been able to really pass a legislation with teeth is they just don't have the votes in Congress to do it, especially not in the Senate. So, you know, I think if, if you feel if you feel absolutely passionate about something, and even if your protesting isn't going to achieve anything, there are people who feel like they still need to do it. And that's, I think that's what we have here. It doesn't seem like this protesting is going to have much of an effect. But, you know, I think, I think initial protests like this probably did raise the issue to the surface and get a lot more coverage and get people thinking about it. Now, now I think you've got a point. I'm not sure. But these folks feel strongly, so they're out here. Um, so we've got uh, that, and then of course uh, we've got Barack Obama, uh, who uh, won the the Mississippi. I mean, he, but it was a pretty substantial margin, wasn't it? I mean, it wasn't yeah. wasn't a squeaker by any of by any. Yeah, two, two to one. And what's amazing about that Mississippi primary is uh, it was probably the deepest racial divide we've seen yet in any of these Democratic contests. Hillary Clinton won among white voters, both women and men. She won uh, two to one over Obama. Obama won nine to one among African-American voters. And that's why he has such a huge margin. But we haven't seen that kind of a racial split before. We've, we've seen some you know, sort of smaller versions of that, but this was the deepest divide we've seen. In, in the overall at this point, how important uh, to Hillary Clinton's uh, election hopes have female voters been? Oh, absolutely critical. Absolutely critical. That's and and it's a nice it's a nice group to have because women vote more more women vote than men. I was going to say women vote more often than men. That's probably true too. But more women vote than men, and and she needs she needs that vote in order to uh, come from behind. Because Mississippi, what happened because of Mississippi is Barack Obama has now extended his delegate lead. He's essentially erased the gains that Hillary Clinton had in Texas and in Ohio. Uh, so now she she really needs those women to come through for her, and we've seen women voting for her, especially white women, in larger percentages, at least, uh, in, since Super Tuesday, at least. I it's, I saw an interview. Uh, God, where was it? Howard Dean was it was talking somewhere yesterday or the day before, and he was talking about how he, I guess he is sort of in favor of. I don't know if he's floating the idea, but he said that he is not opposed to the idea of. Uh, with, with these disputed primaries in Florida and Michigan, doing it sort of mail-in style. Uh, yes. And yes. The, the interesting thing about that is is that I know that the, those guys are actually now in discussion with governmental leaders in Oregon because Oregon's been doing that for, you know, I mean, it took us 10 years to sort of get right. it right. But That's right. And there are many people who don't believe, who do not believe. I cut you off. I'm sorry. I'm, no, I was just, just going to say it's. It is. I know that that's now being floated as a possible uh, sort of compromise because it's because I think it costs less. I think it's logistically maybe they view it as being easier to handle somehow. Um, so that they may end up doing a do-over in those states, sort of based on the model we use here uh, in Oregon. Well, I think it's interesting because there, there really is a split on that, and there are a lot of people who believe that it wouldn't work. And now uh, my friends in the Capitol Police Force are, are pushing me farther away from the scene. I'm not sure. I guess they're getting ready to move these protesters. So that's one reason I'm a little off on my timing. Also, this, where I am, it's harder to hear you. But 
Yes, back to what we were actually talking about, the actual job that I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, I, it's interesting, the Florida Democratic, uh, all the Democratic congressmen from Florida came out last night and said, we don't want any kind of do-over. We don't care if it's a mail-in or what. We don't want any. So you've got that, that, that group on one end, and on the other end, a very large group saying, look at Oregon, look at how they do it. That can save us a lot of money. That's our solution. That's our answer. And that includes the Clinton and Obama campaigns more and more. They're really talking seriously about it. But there are some, who, especially in Florida, who still say, no, no way. We think our results should stand. All right. I will, uh, I'll let you go because I know you're, uh, you're in the middle of a thing. Always, okay, when in doubt, cover your head and say, I am not resisting arrest. Okay, right. I'll make sure. And like, right. Guys, I am not resisting arrest. All right. And, all right. Well, try to get out of there without being bludgeoned, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you, Lisa. Just having a bit of a day. Everybody's a little crazy today. There's crazy in the air. And seriously, Steve's all uh, nutty. What with the reservation, <laughs> out there like wading through truncheons in Washington D.C. Um, all right, Richie. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, I'll take this guy in line one. Uh, but the rest of these are there. Empty at the rest of these, and we'll uh, we will take uh, caller five here for a shot at uh, Into the Wild on DVD. We're gonna use uh, and we're gonna use uh, this uh, this newly acquired. Oh, I've just closed my cardomatic. Damn it! I was about to play the Dice of Destiny sounder, and I just closed all my sound effects. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how's it going? I just cl- I just lost my Dice of Destiny sounder. How do you think it's going? Oh man, what are you gonna do? I don't know. What what do you got, sir? All right. Well, I heard a bit of yesterday's show, and you were kind of speculating how you'd be curious, you know, just to check out a brothel, kind of, you know, see how. Well, let's works. well let's be clear about this. What I was I was just I was sort of comparing it to the when we took the tour of the what's at the swingers club, and I was saying that I, I don't really think I would go as a customer or a you know yeah. a user or whatever. But it is one of those things that is sort of intriguing. Like you'd almost like to go and check it out and just sort of you know see the lay of the land just to kind of you know just to see what it's really like as opposed to what you've always sort of visualized it being like yeah there you go it's, it's a clean story and i'll try to make it quick i'll try not try not to ramble here but yes. basically me and a friend in our 20s we were traveling through california and san francisco and just you know driving around having fun no jobs whatever no girlfriends and uh we decided to come back up to oregon through nevada and you know you heard the stories just like you just the curiosity we're like well we'll just check it out sure you know? who knows and you know, we were asking around the stupid dorks we were, like, Mustang Ranch, you know, and people were like, no, and we couldn't find anything. But then as we were driving up this road, we started passing, you know, signs that were obviously, you know. Uh, now, are they uh, signs Are they signs for, like, other tourist directors, like Gator Farm, 15 yeah, miles? They were like, uh, basically, uh, giant, like, almost like old motel signs, like neon signs. Uh-huh. Poking down, looking, that would say, like, bunnies. But then there would just be a trailer sitting there next to it, kind of deal. Okay. I'm not even joking. But anyways, we're driving, and they all kind of look sketchy. And we saw one trailer with a big sign, but it said Paps in the window. <laughs> all right, well, at least this one has Paps. So we go inside, and uh, you know Goonies, the mom on Goonies? I do, indeed. Lady comes out, and I guess she was the mistress or the madam. Wait, when you say the mom on Goonies, do you, see, do you mean the Fratelli's mother or Sean Astin's mother? Uh, like throw mama from the oh yeah yeah that's no good yeah yeah Mm. comes out and uh asks us what we're doing and we just said oh we're just checking it out we'd like to get a beer she gives us a beer i'm kind of rambling i'll try to finish it long story short she's all well we'd like you to look at the ladies and we're like okay you know two women come out and i'm not trying to be critical but there's no other way to explain it they look like meth moms they look like what Meth mom? Oh, okay. All right. Clackamas mom. Okay, got it. <laughs> Missing teeth, bad skin. Yeah, all right. 
Uh, it was just horrible, and it put the fear of God in us, and we're just like, well, we just kind of want to finish <laughs> just, our beer. Just, win, just window shopping, thanks. And, uh, she Nothing got, for me. She got mad, the, the, the mom, and she wouldn't take no for an answer, and she was pretty intimidating, so don't think you can just casually walk in. And uh, she got us so scared, she at least, you know, she said that we can't leave until at least one of us uh, does something with the ladies. So she was really giving yeah. you the hard sell on this. Now, did, oh. did, did she even float the issue of price? No, and it was kind of intimidating. It wasn't even the hard sell. It was kind of like, you're going to do this before you leave. And, uh, <laughs> you're going to spend time with one of my girls or Bruno is going to kneecap you. Exactly. So the, Long story short, though, she got us. She said, you know, at least go talk to the ladies in their private chambers, which we both did separately with the women. We both kind of, I, I imagine, told them the same thing, like we're just checking it out. And Anyways, long story short, the only reason we got out of it is because the prostitute I went back <laughs> with said I reminded her of her son. Oh, <laughs> That's the bomb just to quit her. Oh, okay, thank you. It was all worth it for that. Uh, that does raise an interesting question. I know that it sounds like we're just talking about hookers every day, but what can you do? It's like, it is totally hooker week. It is. It's hooker week all week on the Rick Emerson Show. It's a horror day in May. Uh, the... Um, I mean, you, you really have to go with what the people are talking about. And this week, like, I, I did actually see one of those Google index things yesterday where they talk about what people are searching for. And I think number one was Elliot Spitzer, but number two was prostitution. So, really, mm. those Google rankings, if that's any indication, we're really, we got our finger on the uh, finger on the carotid artery this week. Wow, look at all the phone lines. Yes. Um, so, that does raise the issue of prostitutes and whether they ever give a price break to guys that they find to be hot. I actually was thinking about that the other day, where if you walk in and you're just some skis, I mean, not that you're like, I mean, if you know, if you're, if you're I mean, if you, you know, if you're maybe a regular guy, but you're just sort of hideous, if they charge you more, or, or maybe that they somehow, uh, you know, because they figure that, that, you know, that it's a, it's a seller's market, or if the prostitute really fancies you, like, you know, you're, you're good looking, or you're charismatic, or whatever, if she gives you a little bit of a break on that. These are all the things I wonder, but again, there's just really nobody to ask. Uh, hello, caller five. Hi, how are you? Hey, Rick. Are you ready to face off with the Dice of Destiny? I'll try my best. All right, sir. So uh, uh, up for grabs today, we have a copy of Into the Wild on DVD out March 4th from Paramount Vantage. All right, sir. Here's how we're going to do it. Uh, we are going to roll the... Uh... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> don't, you, don't, don't you mock me. All right, so we're going to roll the Dice of Destiny. And if we roll a prime number, sir, if a prime number is rolled, you will win a copy of Into the Wild on DVD. Are you ready? How many prime numbers are there? From 1 to 20, there'd be, what, 1? Oh, Jesus. Now I don't even know. Hold on a second. Let me figure. That's not true. There aren't 10 prime numbers between oh, no, 1 and 20. Thinking... You're thinking of odd numbers. I was thinking odd. Hold on. 1 is a... Okay, now we have to stop and figure it out. Well, I guess we'll have to do it once. 1 is a prime number. 3, Three 5... five. Seven, seven, eleven, thirteen, seventeen, 17, 17 19. nineteen. So, sir, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are eight prime numbers. I like my chances. All right. Are you ready, my friend? Yes, sir. It is time to roll the dice of destiny. No, so sorry. You've rolled an eight, my friend. You win nothing. Ooh. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. That was a... Big setup We're never going to give away dumb. these DVDs. Let's you know try that, right? one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? This is Scott. How you doing, man? Scott, are you ready to face off against the dice of destiny? Absolutely. All right. Here's the uh, the same setup. We roll a prime number. You win a copy of Into the Wild on DVD. Here we Wonderful. go. 
Two. So sorry, you win nothing. Uh. All right, bye. Yeah, well, well, these will never be given away. Let's How take do a we break. do not prime numbers? <laughs> <laughs> because then I'll roll a five. All right, back after this. Tim Riley, have you news for us around the corner? Yes, news of plenty. Okay. You're short-timing it today, aren't you? You kind of. So. I was just going to say, I could, and you know what? You're and you still look. You know, you still look uh, very newsman-like. You are no, dr- dressed casually. You're dressed now. down just a little bit. I am. I'm wearing jeans and a casual shirt. Yes. Somebody is already mentally on vacation. All right. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show continues next. Stay right there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. All right, Richie, I suspect I know what all these calls are about. What? What happened? Oh, you'll find out in just a second. Tim, we'll, uh, we'll join the, we'll join the news desk in just a moment. Tim? I have no idea, no. All right, Richie. I haven't a clue. Presuming that these are not people calling to win uh, at the Dice of Destiny contest, let's. I'm going to go ahead and take these calls because I think I know what it... Just You'll find a higher on the Rick Emerson Show. Two is a prime number. Yeah. We, the guy rolled a two. Apparently, two is a prime number. Oh, we're and what did I mean to the go? No, you win nothing. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Apparently, you know, two. The, best, the best part for me was is when you're reading out the prime numbers <laughs> and you skip two. And I was like, please, God, let a two come. So, so the one prime number we skipped. And the best part is, as you just said. As we're listing up the prime numbers, you noticed that we missed two, and then you were rooting for two to come up, which it did. So the dice of Jesse paid off for me. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing? How you doing? Two's a prime number, yeah, but thanks. you know that. Uh-huh. Uh, yesterday, when you guys were talking about horrors and stuff, you you mentioned that... Uh, you yesterday, when we were talking about horrors and stuff, not like not every other day. day. Yeah, you know, that one day. <laughs> yeah. You were talking about you wish that there was a reality show. Uh-huh. And I didn't know if anybody called in and told you about Cat House on HBO. Now, is that a subset of Real Sex, though, or is it its own standalone series? It's its own standalone series. It's about the Bunny Ranch or whatever it is right. down there. Is it good? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You know, you talk about the business aspect of it and, um, you know, talks about the owner and the madam and right. then it talks about the hookers and hoes and... Okay. You know, they're going on and all that. And it shows you about what, when you walk in, how yeah. they give you a menu to choose your, you know, services that you would like. Okay. Well, fair enough. We'll uh, we'll look into it then. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. God, there's an angel. Rick, you're going to hell. All right. Thanks. One more. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. How you doing? Hi. All right. I went to the Mustang Ranch yes. one time. Okay. Lisa, I thought this was going to be another call pointing at the two as a prime number. Oh, and then, and then, but okay, but let me, can I just stop for a second? First of all, can I just tell you? We now have a new uh, most frequently emailed about topic. It's no longer the top five list because in the space of that last commercial break, I have, I would guess, 75 emails telling me that two is a prime number. All of them. Here, sample headlines. Hey, math genius, two is a prime number. How about this one? You just screwed that guy. Well done, dick. How about this one? Rick Emerson, you are a cheater. Two is a prime number. How about this? Your lack of math skills is truly frightening. How about this? 
Uh, all of us, too. It wasn't just you. How about Tim and I didn't catch it. Hey, a-hole, two is a prime number. Go back to grade school. And then we've got this one. One is not a prime number. How can one not be a prime div- That doesn't even... That's just wrong. That's the, that just doesn't even make any sense. All right. Uh, go ahead, sir. Please uh, make this brief, if you would. I, I'll, yeah, I'll do my best. Uh, a friend of mine and I were down there. We decided to stop in and check it out. You know, they buzz you in a gate. So they open up the front door for you, and there's like 20 girls came out and stand in a row. Uh-huh. And this guy I was with, is, you know, his whole back was all tattoos. And there was this one girl standing there that had tattoos all over her, and he said, I'm in love. And he took off with her. And I just went into the bar, you know, I figured I'm just going to have a drink of wait and see what happens, you know. And, and these girls would come up to me while I'm sitting there having a drink, and they'd try to talk to me into going back to the room. One girl came up. I recognized her from Portland. I grew oh, up in Portland. That's I awkward. Her. She, she gave me her fake name, and I go, no, your name's such and such. She goes, how'd you know that? Oh. I go, I remember you. You went to beauty school with the family or whatever. So anyhow, she gave me the whole spiel on what goes on there. They actually lived there. The girl, three weeks out, lived at the place. Weird. All right, and so then, it's uh, like a... You know, one, one week of their off because of, you know, reasons. They had to be off. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay. All right. Two is a prime number. For the Rick Emerson Noon News from AM. Now I feel like a tool. Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A target wanker turns himself in. The man accused in what Clackamas County Sheriff called a repulsive act at a local Target store has been ticketed and released. He turned himself in. He's 25-year-old Ricardo Jose Folk. Sounds like he's already had enough release. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets excited about all those specials in there, apparently. <laughs> Drinking glasses, three for five dollars. I have to take my pants off. I can hardly contain myself. <laughs> Is there a leg handy? Uh, because he was only charged with one misdemeanor count of harassment, he was released. No sex crime charges apply uh, here. That is creepy. It seems like, at the very least, you would be guilty of violating some health ordinance or some... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like if you were just to start to... As they always say, is it not illegal to spit on the sidewalk? I do believe spitting on the sidewalk, even though that's always used as like, a, well, you couldn't arrest that guy for spitting on the sidewalk. But I think you can ticket people, although I guess maybe it's only However, a there could be more serious charges if he is found to have a sexually transmitted disease. Well, I think, now, a judge can order that test. And I, yeah, and I think just just in the overall, uh, just uh, loosing, loosing your fluids on the public is not, I don't think that's typically viewed on with much kindness by the authorities, but what do I know? There's a 31-year-old lady, and uh, after he uh, completed what he was doing, he left the store. And the lady's, of course, upset because her uh, three-year-old daughter was there at the time. I want him caught very badly, she said. It's just disgusting. We felt like garbage. Oh, we felt like a garbage can after that. So he was quickly found. So his picture's all over the place. So have a good time at work there, young fellow. I was just going to say. So they ticketed him, and then they, what is it, like a fine or something? I guess so. And then they just uh, and then they just let him go. But now he's known forever as the, the guy who was uh, hitting the back of her pants at a target. Yep. Committed a lewd act in the aisle of the store at Southeast Sunnyside Road. Uh, all right. Well, fair enough. We have uh, more target crime here. This one comes from Oklahoma City. A man accused of using a camera to take pictures under the skirt of a, tiger, uh, a target store patron. Did not commit a crime. So apparently you can get rid of, uh, away with all kinds of things at Target stores. Attention feeds. Uh, this uh, fellow is charged under a peeping Tom statue that requires the victim to be in a place where there is a right to a reasonable expectation of privacy and the Target store is not. So the man indicated he followed the girl, knelt down behind her, and placed a camera under her skirt. 
So a felony charge has been dismissed. And this is at the uh, Target store. Well, that's like, I think they, in Seattle a while back, they had some, uh, there was some debate about trying to pass one of those laws about, there was some guy who was like in the balcony of his apartment or the balcony of his business or whatever, mm-hmm. and it was like girls would walk by and he would take photos like down their shirt or something. And there was some whole debate about whether it was illegal because he wasn't, you know, like as he like he wasn't taking their clothes off, and I guess it was, the argument was it was something that you could presumably uh, see, mm-hmm. and so if you could see it, then it was legal to take a photo of it or whatever anyway. But I think they ended up making it illegal anyway. So they can get away with all kinds of things at the Target. I guess I guess Target I guess Targets are the new dens of uh, they're the new hotness. I guess people are finding their Target in different ways. Meanwhile, on to other stories. I don't know what that was. That's for the Dice of Destiny. It which... really just sounds like a huge explosion. No, it sounds like a bowling ball. Ooh. I thought it was a bowling league. Can I tell you? That was me ball? last night. Okay. Sounds like a cutter ball. Look, you bastards. I went through about 35 different thunder and lightning sound effects to try to find this one. This is the best one I could locate. Oh, it... that's thunder and lightning? That's a cutter ball. It's not... <laughs> no, well, that's somehow... that. That does not necessarily convey the gravity and mystique that I was hoping the Dice of Destiny contest would have. Although I guess I guess mystique is a little much to aim for since we can't even get like proper numerical skills at this point. So, all right. But we're going to do this again, by the way. I want somebody <laughs> who has math skills to call up now. And we're going to do this prime number thing again to make sure that I've got it right. And I'm going to take copious notes. So uh, if if ye have math skills of any kind, or at least superior to those that we possess, please now to call. It's 503-733-2970. Here's Tim Riley. It's a tearful goodbye to Jimmy the Octopus as uh, he leaves Newport. Uh, somebody received a 911 call last August. It came from a crab who accidentally caught Jimmy the Octopus. Octopuses are an important feature at the uh, Science Center in Newport. You ever been there? They have o- octopi. And, well, I'm sorry, octopi is not a real word. Octopuses. It, octopi is a real word. We were told before that octopi is not a real no, word. Here we go again. Oh, no, no, you were never told that. Who yes. told... By whom? We had a whole show about it. We did not. Yes, we did. You are making that up. Oh, we had a whole show about that. No, I swear it's octopi, Tim. We were told not to use that word ever again. By a consultant? (laughs) (laughs) Focus groups have responded poorly to use of the word occupy. We would like you to say octopuses uh, instead. All right, it has two plural forms. Mm. All right. Either octopuses, octopi, or octopodes. Octopods. Octopods. I like no, it's octopods. P O D E S. P O D E. Octopodes. Octopodes. Yes, that's octopodes. fine. Octopodes. Octopodes. Well, mo- well, multiple octopo- <laughs> octopuses. I got a bad case of octopodes. You're gonna go with rock me octopodes. Rock me octopodes. <laughs> okay, we're all in vacation mode, but the problem is only Tim is actually going on vacation. And my vacation is. <laughs> it's gonna be a long uh, rest of the week. Uh, so anyway, it's time to say goodbye to Jimmy the Octopus. Uh, he's been hanging out at the uh, the Ocean Center in Newport with all the rest of the octopuses. Is okay, first of all, can I just tell you this? A, octopi is correct, I think. And B, now here's the disturbing thing. If you are convinced that someone said octopi was wrong... Yes, I if, am. I remember the call. But if the, if the evidence indicates... To this day. If the evidence indicates, though... That that's not the case? Then they're wrong. The, no, I'm just saying, then that means there is a word you're not supposed to use that you're probably still using. In other words, if you've, made, if you've confused two words in your head, that means that at some point there's still a word in your vocabulary that's there that ought not to be. That's all I'm saying. Can I tell you a quick story mm-hmm. about the Newport Octopus? 
pie? Only if I can tell you this, that coming up in a couple of weeks, we're actually going to have a guest from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary on uh, to, talk awesome. about, uh, to talk about grammatical mistakes and morons. This is, this is, this. I'm going to ask the guy about it then. All right. One of my fondest childhood memories was going to the Newport Aquarium uh, with my grandpa, and he thought that uh, Heather and I needed to get closer to it, so he actually stuck his hand in the octopus Yeah. Thing. And the octopus wrapped itself around oh, his arm. Badass. And then, um, and then the people had to come and unwrap it, and we were kicked out. Wait, now, for how long has this octopus been there? Uh, let's see, since last August. Oh, so it's not the one that I uh, touched growing up. How long do they live? Do, do, how long, long do octop- octopi pods live? Because when I was a kid, uh, there was this octopus in a tank, mm-hmm. and you would go in, same thing, and you, you were actually allowed to touch it. Uh, 15 they would, to 20 years they live. Yeah, they would let you touch it. Uh, but only when its tentacles were extended. If the tentacles were, were drawn in, they said that it was feel, it didn't want to be touched, it wanted to be left alone. But if the tentacles were extended, you could put your hand and you could start to touch it. And it, it was kind of weird feeling. It was um, not bad, it wasn't slimy, mm-hmm. but it was sort of like um, touching like wet, smooth stone or something. It was kind of cool. That weird feeling. It was like almost kind of rubbery, but like sandpapery almost. The day I went, the octopus was bored and wouldn't speak with anyone. <laughs> the octopus is not seeing anybody today. Well, it's kind of like pickly texture almost. Yes, exactly. So, and you know what's equally interesting there is starfish. And and I asked the attendant, do the starfish know that they're starfish? And how does the starfish communicate with another starfish? Sarah, by the way, literally just did that thing where she looked at me and she put her finger to the side of her head and swirled it around oh, like the universal sign for fish the universal sign for crazy. Well, you know what I? That's a strangely philosophical question. Do starfish know that they are starfish? I'm serious. How does a starfish? What is that? What does that mean? Well, they barely move, and I was wondering, how do they communicate with each other? They're put together like they're going to play. And they're all like clumped play. on top of each other. Right, like they're going to play in the, uh, the the starfish area, and none of them are moving. I mean, how do they, do they take naps? Do they actually wake up and scratch their heads? What I don't think star- they... What does a starfish do all day? Well, we've got so many questions here, Tim, that I don't even really know where to begin unraveling this. I, well, do they know that they are starfish? <laughs> right. As opposed to something else. I mean, do they know that they're awake? They, I, I sit there and watch them, and none of them moved. I don't know if it was it was nap time at the the starfish. Well, but area. I mean, well, I guess this is an interesting question because I don't know. They don't have brains as such, do they? They must not have a brain. I dissected a starfish actually in school one time. Oh, that was I wanted to do that. Uh, well, I, I mean, they, even though they're barely living things, they made they made us do it. We didn't have any choice. Uh, starfish have two stomachs. I hated dissecting things, by the way, but I was so terrified, uh, you know, of, of our teachers that I just did whatever I was told. Um, so uh, we had to d- dissect a starfish one, but thankfully it was already, it came down. We didn't have to kill it or anything. But uh, um, but I don't think they have brains, so it doesn't seem like they would be conscious of their of their own nature. But uh, the, the good question, but okay, but you raise an interesting point, which is, first of all, how does starfish reproduce? Right. And if it does require... Do they wake up every morning and go, oh, another day in the life of a starfish? How do starfish live without brains? That's what I'm curious about. Well, there's all kinds of stuff that lives without brains. Insert joke here. <laughs> um, but are starfish, uh, whatever you call it, um, hermaphrodites, where they can... Because re- I think earthworms are like that. I think earthworms can reproduce... No, that's Jamie. ...using, Curtis, isn't it? Um, using their own whatever, their own bodies or whatever. But... But if starfish require uh, another starfish to reproduce, you're right. How do they know that another starfish is nearby? They don't have eyes, do they? No. I was wondering, does one tap the other starfish on the shoulder? And where is the shoulder of a starfish? One drops a hanky. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
Wow. I, you know, the thing is... You I thought was, it was a foolish question. I did. <laughs> now I honestly don't know. How does a starfish know it's a starfish? I have no idea. How the number? I don't really know. Oh, speaking of that, let's get that done right now. Uh, Sarah, uh, pick uh, John, Rob, or Kyle. Kyle. Sorry, John and Rob. Hello, Kyle. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. How are you? Uh, that was a great picture. Thank you. Oh, no problem. All right. Do you, uh, do you understand prime numbers? Um, I understand them more now. I thought one was a prime number also. Okay, well, uh, so, well, so, well, so this isn't going to help, though. We need somebody who really, no offense, we need somebody who really understands them. And okay, who can... I do understand them, but the one was a surprise to me when I looked on Wikipedia. Well, but doesn't one, doesn't one seem like it's a prime number? Well, it, like, follows all the rules, except part of the rules are that it, it has, has to be, to be divisible by itself or one. And greater than one. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Is that, is that a recently added rule? Uh, not that I know of. I think it's just one thing that's overlooked. Mm. Do you feel confident that you can help us establish once and for all how many prime numbers are on this die? Yes. Really? How confident that's... on a scale of 1 to 10 are you? 10. It's still 8 because you get rid of 1 and add 2. All right. So let's... No, no, no. I'm not... We're just going to... We're going to go through this very carefully. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, and this will be really gripping for everybody in the audience as we <laughs> list prime numbers. All right. That'll be our HD channel, by the way. Just a, Just an automated stream that recites prime numbers from 1 to a billion. All right, one, not a prime number? No. Okay, two? Yes. Three? Yes. Five? Yes. In fact, I'm not taking any chances. Four? No. Five? Yes. Six? No. Seven? Yes. This is really fascinating. Eight? <laughs> no. Nine? No. Good, because I just wrote down nine. I'm glad you corrected me. Ten? No. Eleven? Yes. Twelve? No. Thirteen? Yes. 14? No. 15? No. 16? No. 17? Yes. 18? No. 19? Yes. 20? No. Okay, so the prime numbers are 2, 3, 5, 7, 11, 13, 17, 19. Ah, uh, that sounds right. Jesus, God Almighty. All right, thank you, sir. We appreciate your help. Did I get a chance to win now after all that, or what? Oh, fine. Okay, hold on a second. Jesus, God. All right, for a copy of Into the Wild on HD DVD. <laughs> we now roll the dice of destiny. Five. That is not a prime number, sir. I'm sorry. So wait. Yes, okay. it is. You didn't you had to look. I had to look. Oh, my God. Oh, seriously, like I'm going to get hosed a second time? This is like goddamn two. All right, sir, you want a copy of Into the Wild on DVD written by and directed by Sean Penn. All right, thank I'm you. Guys. Put if it you... Uh, makes you feel any better, I used to be a sports radio listener at that other station, and now I don't listen to them at all because of you guys. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Are you spreading the word, my friend? Uh, yes, I am. All right. Thank you so much. You call us anytime. I'll put you on hold. Richie will get your information here. All right. Cool. All right. Thank you. All right. Wow. That was really stressful for some reason. All right. And now i got the whole starfish thing to answer. This is yet another reason why we need some science guy uh, from OMSI. Like, that'll ever happen. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, let's move along now and talk about monkeys that don't have to be killed. Wait. Is this a monkey watch? I believe so. All right. Here's your monkey watch for... Uh... So let's follow up to that Spokane story, and it is entitled, and it's not funny, uh, The Euthanized Monkey Did Not Have Rabies After All. Oh, really? They killed the monkey for nothing. Oh, uh, you know what? There's going to be vengeance. You know what? I'll tell you what. You, you, that, what kind of monkey was this? It's a small... Uh, like a chimpanzee? It's a macaque. A macaque. 
<laughs> I don't even have that sounder anymore. You must. Oh, I think it's been. It's a classic. How it's did been, you not have that? Well, I, I just don't have it handy. I think oh, it's been okay. so long since we've used that. Since we've used the macaque. Yep. Yeah. Um, macaque. So the, just because it bit three people, who probably poked it anyway. What bit three people? The macaque. Macaque. All right. So they kill the monkey. And uh, they, they need to do that to test rabies, apparently. And then after all this, uh, Chico the macaque. They found out that he does not have rabies after. You know, I'm telling you right now, there's going to be there's going to be some sort of an uprising. Uh, the rest of the macaque, uh, the colony, or well, they all know this. The rest of the macaques must know. Oh no, there's no that, that's yeah, that's really like a hundredth monkey thing. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they that is where the uh, that's like a it's like a Borg thing where once it is known by one member, the entire hive colony knows all. So uh, I would imagine at this point. Uh, you're looking at maybe seven, eight days from now at the outside where Spokane is going to be uh, besieged by angry monkeys. It's what they deserve. Mm -hmm. Jesus. That's the monkey watch. All right, there's your uh, sad monkey watch. Mm. Well, that's a big ball punch. Mm -hmm. By the way, this guy says, um, said, I once saw a time-lapse photography of starfish moving across the bottom of the ocean floor all at once. It was very creepy. So I guess they move, but very slowly. Mm -hmm. This guy says, where would you be going if you were a starfish? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that, actually. Now, see, every time we answer one question, Tim, damn you, you replace it with another. This guy says, starfish don't have enough brains to be self-aware, but they know prime numbers. Dick. All right, thank you. Uh, well, that's like, um, I noticed this thing uh, with my dog last night where uh, it, Lara had gone to bed, and so I was, I was, and I was still staying up, so I was you know, saying goodnight to her. And, uh, so Max had, had come in, and he had jumped up on the bed or whatever. Anyway, so... I at one point, you know, I was getting, I was going to go back out to the to the living room, and I uh, and I looked at Max, my dog, and I said, "All right, let's go and let's go." He knows the, he knows either the phrase or the inflection, whatever it is, the way I say it, he recognizes kind of that phrase. And when I say "let's go," he, no matter where we are uh, in the living room, the bedroom, whatever, when I say "let's go," he immediately gets really excited and like bolts out the door. But, of course, I was thinking about this last night about how dumb he is, that he has no idea where we're going. He doesn't know where we're going. He has no idea what the destiny... He has no... And by the time he gets to the living room, like 30 seconds later, he's probably forgotten that we were going anywhere at all. You know? Let's go! And he's like, all right! And he jumps off the bed, runs down the hallway as fast as he can, and then by the time I get, by the time I get to the living room, he's like on the sofa asleep again. He's just completely forgotten the fact that he was actually headed anywhere. Uh, all right. I'm afraid to answer any more calls because God only knows what we've gotten wrong with in the last, like, five minutes. Someone just sent me the greatest email. By the way, is it starfishes or starfy? Uh, no, see, stop. You can't You can't go throwing stuff like that. No, just... coffee shops have free starfy. Oh, he's in such vacation mode. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Someone's really not even here today. Star. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, Tim. Milwaukee police are on the lookout for a predatory sex offender who walked away from a residential treatment facility. Michael James Thompson is not considered an immediate danger to the public, yet he's a predatory sex offender. He does ride TriMet. So, so he's a predatory sex offender. And yet he's not a danger to no, anybody. No, he's not a danger to anyone, but he is known to ride TriMet. So knowing all these things, they want us to find him. <laughs> and to stay off TriMet. Done and done. All right. Well, speaking of that, I did have Jesus. another one that, uh, let's see here. The police are supposed to be on TriMet beginning today. Uh-huh. Only on the west side, and there was one this morning, too. So I did see them on uh, TriMet, the west side. So if you're on the east side, TriMet, well, you're still on your own. 
Oregon hospitals reported making dozens of serious errors last year. Only 24 of them kill people, though. Uh, hospitals said at least one person died from a drug overdose. Many others died of fatal falls and infections. Four killed by staph bacteria. And uh, the study was released by the Oregon Patient Safety Commission. It was created in 2003 to gather information about what kinds of mistakes are hurting patients. So apparently these people have a full-time job and only have to give a report once a year, and that's not bad. And this is what, this is Oregon Hospital? Yes. And they're, uh, so this is, is this like those same reports where they talk about like how many surgical sponges or whatever were like left in some guy's brain when they but were operating? Right. The reports are voluntary, though. Although 54 of the state's that's 57 good. acute care hospitals report... And the 55th will begin reporting this year. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, I ended up, I had to cancel my uh, dental appointment yesterday. Uh, so now, now I have to, not only do I have to go, now I have to reschedule it, and now I get to dread it all over again for like another 10 days. So I'm sure we can find some horrific dental stories to make you feel better. Sure we can. Yeah, I can't wait. So it's already something I don't want to have done, uh, but then I had to miss it last night, and so I had to reschedule. And so now I got to wait like another, uh, you know, like another however long before they fit me in again. Oh, and I'm sure I'm going to be penalized for having canceled yesterday. So it's like three different layers of fun. Well, there are 15 cases of objects being left inside patients after treatment. Oh, most, see, mostly I was just, sponges. I was, I was just kidding. And eight cases of medical procedures done on the wrong body part. Uh, those are roughly as common as medical errors, with uh, 10 mistakes reported. Uh, many of these are being blamed on poor communication skills and inadequate procedures and policies for treatment. Poor communication skills like, should I leave the scalpel inside? Yes, please. Okay. I was uh, I was actually just sort of being wacky when I said things like leaving sponges inside. How does that even happen? I mean, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not asking that rhetorically. I mean, really, because you hear those stories a lot, especially in Florida, where it's like a, where they left like a clamp in some woman's stomach or something. Mm. And I don't even know, I know it's all kind of red and squishy in there, but it seems like, it seems like you would sort of maybe number the things you were using. And at the end, you look back at the tray and you go, Okay, we've got sponges number one, two, three, four, and six. Hmm. Uh, it, I, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to not leave sponges in somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then here's the other thing. Then you always have to wonder how it is that it was discovered. Like how the person became aware that they had like a rib spreader or something stuck inside their, uh, stuck inside their stomach. So, I mean, what does that feel like? How would you even diagnose that? Well, I've got this strange feeling as, as though many pieces of metal were jabbing the inside of my lungs. Uh, let's do this. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? Hey, this is Scott. I was the, the one that got hosed. Were you the guy who said uh, that two was a pro, or that you, we rolled a two? Yes. All right, now, is this, now I have no way of knowing if this is in fact Scott. You are, you are pledging this on, uh, you are pledging this on the souls of, uh, I don't know, the, uh, like two of the Huxtable children? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to find, you know, like, do you pledge on your mother's good name? You know, because like, who really cares about their mother's good name? You know, you know, uh, you, know you know, I would even even be be a willing just to uh, just to re to, to suppress my luck and re-roll the dice of destiny. Really? Do you want to go double or nothing? Sure. Okay. Here's the thing. We're going to go double or nothing now because we hosed you last time. If you win. You'll get into the wild on DVD. You will also get, uh, I don't think I have the copy in front of me, Richie, so let me do a, uh, remind me to do the copy later. You will also get a copy of Dan in Real Life on DVD Ooh. starring Steve Carell. Okay. Okay, but it, oh, okay, boy. but here's the thing. If you don't roll a prime, you get nothing. Okay. Okay, Fair are enough. you ready, sir? I'm so, ready. So, double or nothing, Scott, a uh, victim of the previous hosing, uh, f- 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 facing off against the dice of destiny. All right. All right, here we go. The answer is eight. I'm sorry, you really do win nothing this time. All right.
right. Thank you. Thanks, sir. <laughs> Bye. We should have just given it to him since he did actually he, win. No, no, no. He, I didn't suggest double or nothing. He actually said preemptively. He volunteered to press his luck. He said, no, 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 I think I actually want to press my luck. And then it was I who actually offered him an additional prize. Uh, no, no, that's all on him. So okay. there you go. You know what it is? So now I feel like balance has been restored to the universe. Because we got him back on the phone. He offered to, to roll again. I offered to give him more prizes. And then he still lost. So I feel like everything is now back at its, at its basal level. All right. Um, let's break. We'll come back. Tim Riley, more news? Yes. You know, in school... Uh, we call what you have senioritis. That's what they used to say. Somebody's got what senior. It's like when you're a senior and you, it's like all you can do to get yourself to and go to class. And you've already been accepted to college and yeah. like, I don't need to care anymore. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you already know you're going to graduate and you've already been accepted to, uh, you know, to UW or whatever. And so it's like all you can do to make yourself go to class. Because you know it just doesn't matter. <laughs> all right, back after this. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Your uh, phone calls, Jim Root, Morgan Grace, top five all on the way today. Stay there. Did you see this thing from the Emperor's Club with the price list? No. No. I thought they took those down yesterday. Well, there's, a, you know, but it, uh, the people have found sort of screen captures of when it was up. Who wants to hear about one of their escorts? Kristen from New York. Sure. Kristen's career as a swimsuit model has taken her to every remote beach and far-flung island in the world. Being on an island of skyscrapers for a while, she's enjoying civilized pursuits like dining at exclusive restaurants and sampling fine wines. Join her for an evening on the town. She'll... I hate this word. She'll don a slinky dress, uh, very high heels, and you can both appreciate the refinements. And then it's got like a... So basically, she just straps on the dress and the shoes, and you pay for everything. Exactly. And then spend money on me, and maybe I'll F you later. Like a slender weasel. Exactly like a slender weasel, I think Tim. she's a big fan of the slender weasel. She's, uh, and then it has, like, her height and her measurements and her whatever. Uh, let's see here. But let's see, where is it? There's a price list here somewhere. I'm trying to find the price list. Uh, let's see. More pictures of... Uh, the girls. Boy, somebody has... Okay, somebody has captured... Uh, it looks like almost the entire site uh, from when it was, you know, when it was up. Let's see here. Uh, price list? Huh? Here we go. Day rates. Um, oh, this is... I'll have, to, I'll have to spend more time looking at this. This is really difficult. But it, it at one point, it does look like there's some sort of package you buy with one of the girls that is, I swear to you, for a day, 30 grand. So what? I'm in the wrong business, that really. Might, that might be the day shift, though. I bet overnight. <laughs> the, the prices are cut like after midnight. Like, it's like morning drive. Milkman's matinee. <laughs> cab, donut, donut maker's delight. I was just going to say, cab driver's special. All right, here's, uh, here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. So it looks like we're in for a conflict here, but apparently we have two Dr. Deaths. The brand new one is from Portland. Dr. Patel could face 100 years in prison if he's convicted. And he has a hearing going on tomorrow afternoon. Patel? Patel. Patel? <laughs> Apparently, he's left a bloody trail of mistakes as a surgeon, resulting in manslaughter charges. Uh, so this goes back and back and back. And uh, apparently, there's several charges here. Now, and has he killed a bunch of people? Well, under Australian law, he has three counts of manslaughter, three counts of grievous bodily harm, two counts of negligent acts, and the missions causing harm, seven counts of fraud, and one count of attempted fraud. That still doesn't sound like well, enough to be Dr. Death. 
Let's see here. The list includes failure to stop internal bleeding in one patient who later died, removing a healthy gland from another patient, uh. leaving behind a cancerous gland, tearing out one patient's esophagus, performing what, what, unnecessary what, what, surgery on patient. What? Hold on. What? what? Back up. Wanting out a healthy what's what? Removing a healthy gland from one patient and leaving behind a cancerous gland, tearing one patient's esophagus. Are you sure that... Oh, not out, just tearing the esophagus. Oh, I thought you said out. Yeah, I thought I it was like a roadhouse kind of a... Well, he may have. Okay. And uh, performing a necessary surgery on patients in poor health. How many total deaths are we looking at? Three patients are identified as manslaughter victims. Well, I that, mean... That's not very many. I think three is too few to really be called Dr. Death. That's a pretty cool title. Well, and that's, I, that's why Dr. Kevorkian should sue. I wonder if he's trademarked that. Maybe that's his name with SAG. I wonder... <laughs> because he's running for Congress now. Jack Kevorkian? He plans to run for Congress. Interesting. Good he friend. says, uh, we need some honesty and sincerity instead of corrupt government in Washington. He's the new Ralph Nader. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, you know what? I wonder. He helped 130 people die, so I would say he's the real thing. Seriously. I mean, it's Jack Kevorkian. Uh, poor uh, relative here. I wonder if he has trademarked Dr. Death. I mean, people will do that sometimes. They'll trademark weird things. Uh, well, you know, like that dude, OJ tried to, uh, OJ Simpson tried to trademark OJ, the letters. Uh, Microsoft mm -hmm. at one point tried to trademark 95 when okay. Windows 95 was coming so out. So the new Dr. Death is blamed for 87 deaths in Australia. Oh, that's a real Dr. Death right there. That's that. The other guy's kind of a pussy, Dr. Death. Well, this is, this is the new Dr. Death. Now, the original Dr. Death, Dr. Gavorkian, helped 130 people die. Okay, but... But they asked for it. These people did not. But wait, now there's three different... Are you talking about there's a guy in Australia? Well, the guy in Australia is the same guy in Portland. Oh, he's the same doctor. Yes. Okay, so there's not two. Mm. There's, I thought this was like a Spinal Tap New Originals kind of a thing. No, 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 no. Only the two. Right, there are only two. There's the new one and there's Dr. Kevorkian. Mm -hmm. The oh. original. Yeah, Dr. Kevorkian. The original, the best. No, I was going to say, Dr. Kevorkian, he's the, <laughs> he is the gold standard for Dr. Death, yeah. really. I mean, yeah, okay. He's 79 years old. Yeah, no, I'd vote for that guy for Congress just to sort of, you know, sort of mess with the program a little bit. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hello. I just wanted to ask a question uh, about Lisa's call earlier. Lisa Desjardins? Yes. Yes. Did I hear her correctly when she said that those people got arrested because they were protesting the war? Well, sort of. I, I, the deal was they were in the Senate gallery, and I think that they were, as I understood it, they were sort of shouting a bunch of stuff and interrupting the Senate proceedings. So in the heart of democracy, you get arrested for exercising your right to free speech? Well, well you no. Can't scream and yeah, no, that's not really it. That's uh, despite... That's not really that's not really what happened unless you listen to Air America. No, the what you get arrested for is for going into a business and disrupting it by breaking noise ordinances. I mean, okay. Like, hey, look, you can protest, but I can't come to where do you work? What kind of business do you do? Uh, delivery driver. Right. So I'm it's like I can't, you know, I can't go to the UPS warehouse and just uh, go inside and start firing off an air horn. I'd let you in. I well, hate see, the man. No, <laughs> well, no, see, and, sir, see, on that, you and I agree. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm just saying you can protest, and certainly these people, let's be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody, you know, everybody, as I said, is sort of aware that the war is, you know, like a big boondoggle and a mistake. Um, that being said, when you go in and you stand on the Senate gallery or the Senate balcony and start screaming, you do that because you want to get arrested. I mean, that, that's the whole deal. Like, if nobody paid attention to you... Don't tease me, bro. Yeah, it, Exactly. <laughs> if no, I mean that really. I mean, you know, I mean that's a, that's a well-established thing going all the way back to 
you know, like the Chicago 8 and all those guys. You do that stuff because you want the man to come arrest you because that's the way, because look what happened. And Lisa's on CNN talking about it. If nobody, uh, if you're not disrupting anything, nobody arrests you and there's no media. So they right. deliberately, they deliberately go to a place where you're not, you know, it's just like you can't stand up in court. Uh, even though court is public property, you can't stand up in the middle of the courtroom and start shouting or that bailiff comes over and punches you. So I suppose. But well, that's the deal you if you're trying to get busted. Yeah, all right, thank you. All right, that's the man. Excellent, thank you, sir. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, Vancouver cops are asking for your help in finding a suspected con artist. Uh, James Lamar claimed to be a Portland firefighter, Marine, and an heir to the throne of Scotland. And apparently in Vancouver, that seems yeah. likely. Well, that's that's his vacation home, apparently. <laughs> if, if you're an heir to the throne of Scott, which there is no such thing in the first place. Uh, this man named Lamar used his stories to be a friend of Lamar. Vancouver woman. She she allowed him to live with his mother and her elder, oh, his mother and an elderly mother, but the relationship didn't last long. Lamar suddenly disappeared and took off with the older woman's debit cards and some of her jewelry. So he was last seen wandering around Portland. <laughs> Like the like the heir to the King of Scotland would. Yes. He recently lived in a northwest homeless shelter. <laughs> it's a far cry from being an heir to the throne of Scotland. I don't think Scotland has a king. No. Isn't Scotland run by Britain? Yes. The Queen. Didn't we discover that Scotland's not even a country? Well, it's kind of a country, but really not. I don't want to revisit this, but I do yeah. believe we found that out, that in fact it is actually... Eh. Legally speaking, Scotland not a country. It's actually part of they the United Kingdom. They gave them like their own uh, parliament. It's a pseudo sort of country. Right, just to keep them happy. Um, just not sort that of they really to, to buy them off. <laughs> really, what are they going to do if they're angry? They're Scotland. Mm -hmm. Really, honestly, what what is Scotland going to do? Mm -hmm. um, what is, is Lamar his first name or his last name? Yeah, let's see here. I believe it's his last name. Okay. James Lamar. Because when you picture, when you say Lamar, I just picture that guy from that thing you do. My name's Lamar, and this is my hotel. He often uh, wears a chain with medical tags. Yeah, somewhere from Scotland would, and a large cross pennant, mm -hmm. or pendant. All right. So he has not the air from Scotland, so don't let him into your home. Don't be fooled by that. No, he's kind of like the Mitchell Bickford of royalty. <laughs> uh, what do you do about baggy britches? Pull them up or pay up, that's the order voters gave, by overwhelmingly approving Mayor Thomas Masters' saggy pants law. This took uh, place in Palm Beach, Florida. I am thankful for the people who came out and voted Palm Beach their where? That was me. That was all not you. me. Well, the measure won 72% of the vote. The mayor feared that the baggy pants law was going down to the feet, but it did not. All the townspeople uh, came out under the new law. Anyone with droopy drawers that shows skin or underwear faces illegal action. The first offense, $150 and community service. Second offense, $300 and more community service. Official offenders, 60 days in the pokey. I always uh... pull up those britches. I always like the idea that they, when the... this is one of those laws that intrigues me because they have to sit down and actually figure out how to word it. Like, they have to figure out, like, what does it mean if your pants are, are exposing skin? Like, theoretically, if you wore a very short shirt, mm -hmm. you would be exposing skin. But that's not the fault of the pants. I mean, they, they really do, legally speaking, they have to draw some line of demarcation about what it means to be wearing sagging pants. And I think the, law, the way they usually write these laws is that if it's like, if you can, be, if you can see the, uh, the separation of one's buttocks, I, in any way, I think that's what they describe as a boy. Can I just tell you this? So I was buying jeans last night. Speaking of buttocks, so there I am. Uh, At Lloyd Center. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, with the home of things that sag: stomachs, boobs, pants, <laughs> um, careers, lives, <laughs> self-esteem. Do you have time to take a survey? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, even even the Scientology guy who presumably has the key to happiness, he just looks sad. Um, 
So uh, right there, and you know, and the thing, and he's right there by the curling practice. They were doing curling practice at the ice skating rink, which I do love. Um, so it was, it was like this weird, surrealist, like Fellini thing, where there's like a Scientology guy, and then there's like, uh, like the guy yelling at me to buy like a cricket phone or whatever, uh, and then. And then, like, some guy at the GameStop going, Call of Duty 4! And then there's, like, a curling thing going on in the background, and there's calliope music. It was like I was in hell. Um, but so I'm at the Gap, and I'm buying pants. And uh, uh, and uh, whatever. And they have all of these different cuts of jeans. And the Gap does this thing where, like, every so often they'll change the name of the style of pant. In other words, uh, like... The Gap is PAG. <laughs> Is that what you find at the Lloyd no, Center? No. Two Musketeers bars. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, the other one was stolen. I can't. Somebody afford. just torn off the head of the other one. <laughs> that's that's like when it's like when you're buying just those. to get even. <laughs> that's a swap meet. Uh, we got your pag store. <laughs> Stored rooms. Um, no. Uh, so so, but you don't know, have like um regular cut and like relaxed cut or you know and whatever. Um. But they changed the name of the, the style of, of jeans that I wear. They changed the name from, like, it was, like, straight fit to, like, standard fit or something. But 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 I couldn't figure that out at first. And so I was just like, I, I was like, well, I don't see my cut of jean. And I always try to avoid speaking to people. And so I didn't want to ask for help. So I went in. <laughs> I wish In a way, I wish you could see this. Because I couldn't figure out what style of jean I was looking for again because they changed the name. So I just took some off the shelf at random that were sort of my size. I took them into the dressing room, and like I, one of them were like they were like low cut, like low rise jeans. And I got to tell you, somebody who ought never wear low rise jeans is me. So I'm, and of course you're sitting looking oh, in the. We don't need that visual. And you're looking into the mirror, or you know, and by you I mean me. So there I am looking into the mirror in the Gap dressing room, and I'm like, all right, I'll pull these. And I pull those up, and like, and then and low rise jeans, and I just. I looked like... <laughs> did you almost want to take a cell phone picture? I did, because I looked so bad. Um, and as you described, Sarah, how my fat is all above the waist. So, on the one it's hand... It's like a perfect circle. <laughs> <like>. Totally. <laughs> on, the, like, on the one hand, it's like low-rise jeans barely covering, you know, your whatever. Uh, and then, it's, of course, because low-rise jeans, they're... I think they fit tighter than regular jeans. So, I can barely... I can bar- even though they're my size, I can barely get them buttoned. But I do just to sort of... Just because you have to, like I'm at that point, I'm like, oh, I might as well try to get them buttoned, you know, like straining to make to make button meet opening, and then and then you're trying to zip it up, and you're thinking to yourself, God, if the zipper breaks in here, I just have to run. So I zip it up, and I'm looking at myself in the mirror. It really was. Maybe the... they just need to be washed once, and they'll be fine. <laughs> no, no, did you ever do that they're, too? They're a little stiff. I think they'll be fine. Something they won't, won't fit, and they try to convince you that no, 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 these uh, these relax really well with you know you wear these for a day or two and. Uh, no, they're really gonna. They're, no, these these are gonna be fine. In fact, I have the. I I wear the same kind of kind of jean. I I have a pair of these at home. Yes. So, but do we, But at that point, it was like I was aware of how ridiculous I looked, and so just for my own amusement, I had to get them all the way cinched up. I felt like Phil Hartman in some sort of like a or like I felt like Chris Farley, you know, in a movie. Like, but I'm in the star of my own film. Yeah, last night. So I'm in the dressing room. <laughs> Called Rick Emerson discovers low-rise pants. Seriously, where like I knew how retarded it looked, but it's like I had to do it just for my own amusement. Like I knew how bad I looked, so I'm like trying to get the zipper up. I'm like trying to get them buttoned, and 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 then I had 
you know, and I was trying to figure out if they were low rise, so I'd pulled my shirt up a little bit. So there I am, shirt pulled up, low rise jeans, huge gut, and just looking at myself in the mirror. And it was so, and you nailed it. I almost wanted to take a photo because it was the worst thing. I feel so young again. <laughs> Seriously. And like, and you know, it, where you can just feel everything from the waist down going numb because they're so tight. <laughs> like, oh, I can't feel my legs. It was, it, and then finally I'm like, all okay. the color is going out of my face. <laughs> but I got them on. And 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 then, and then it's, and I realized I realized that I'm like okay I can never wear these again and finally okay I've wrung all the humor out of this that I can so I go to take them off and it's like I pop the button and it goes bam and like <laughs> it was like pulling one of the rings on the self-inflating raft like when I pop the button suddenly the jeans are like and they just sort of like like they just they, they just gave up oh god it was it was really horrible it was so bad looking. Uh, so there you go. But they do make this kind of jean that's kind of stretchy now, so those fit me pretty well. All right. Uh, they grow with you. They do. <laughs> uh, for the expanding man. All right. Here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland, the home of quality programming. Do you hear something? No. What are we supposed Hold to on, hear? Every I, time we, you hear something, it's Tim. It's usually Tim's channel. I hear Watch. someone speaking. You hear someone speaking? I hear. I hear oh, like bleed over, like what? RF. There we go. It was, yeah, no, I heard something. I didn't hear anything. That's because you're deaf. I know. Remember, I couldn't hear the tone. Yeah, no, I, yeah, okay. All right, here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, it was a grim-faced Elliot uh, Spitzer with his wife, Sitter, by his side. S-I-L-D-A. Silda, by his side. Uh, Telling a crowd of reporters how very sorry he is indeed. I am resigning from the office of governor. At Lieutenant Governor Patterson's request... The resignation will be effective Monday, March 17, a date that he believes will permit an orderly transition. Which will live in infamy. He hopes to learn from his mistake. I go forward with the belief, as others have said, that as human beings, our greatest glory consists not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. I don't even... What? What does that mean? Am I play it again? <laughs> Maybe you should I go see... forward with the belief, as others have said... That as human beings, our greatest glory consists not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Fallen and rising. That makes as much sense. Remember that Mormon guy that was running for president? He said he was quitting because he didn't want to aid in the terrorists. Is that was that who said that? Mitt Romney didn't say that. Yeah, really? It was some something really weird. Jesus. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Uh, Governor Spitzer uh, says he has begun to apologize to his family. In the past few days. I've begun to atone for my private failings with my wife, Soda, my children, and my entire family. The remorse I feel will always be with me. Words cannot describe how grateful I am for the love and compassion they have shown me. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's standing there. I, yeah. I mean, there, there have been worse circumstances. Remember when that uh, governor of New Jersey is standing there with his wife telling everyone that he's gay? Yeah. Oh, man. Greedy? Well, you know, they, uh, you know, she was on Larry King uh, because I guess that's what she does now. She sits around and she waits for she waits for governor scandals. Uh, so Larry King, uh, Mrs. McGrady. So your husband was gay. And then, like, what else is there for her to, I mean, you know, what is she doing? Is she going to put out a diet book or something? I mean, I, that is true. I don't really know what to, but you're right. They roll, but you know what, they roll her out just, like, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, I think it was Ariana Huffington for a while that they, oh, they, yeah. they, they rolled out for stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, but, but what's his name? Uh, Spitzer's wife. 
I mean, I know that I've made this observation like a thousand times. She just looks so drugged. She yeah, just she looks, does. I mean, and I mean that, I mean, in my opinion, she does look like someone who is on a lot of sedatives. And I mean, you would have to be, I would think. Yes. I mean, how would you just, just not just there, just go to pieces on stage? Um, just like I always assumed that O.J. Simpson was, was drugged during the criminal trial. Because, you know, O.J. Simpson, let's say, has difficulty uh, con controlling his impulses sometimes. And I mean, O.J. Simpson, who allegedly was a guy who, you know, like when he was displeased with you, would cut your head off. So, uh, allegedly. Uh, a crime of which he was found uh, innocent, of course. Um, but, you know, but, but for to sit there, like, for eight months in a courtroom while they're trying to put you in jail for the rest of your life, I think you would have to be medicated to yeah. sit there and not just go nuts. Uh, just like I've always assumed that Bill Clinton was medicated uh, when he was on TV. Doing that. I did not have relations with the whatever. I always assumed that he was on Xanax or something. I mean, it seems like Xanax is made for those circumstances. It seems like they should make it known, too, whether or not someone is drugged in your presence. Like, if they're, doing, if they're like on trial or something. Like, that should be known to the public. I think you have to reveal it when you take a polygraph test, but I don't think you have to reveal it when you're, like, on trial. I think if you take a lie detector test, you have to reveal if you are on uh, any sort of anti-anxiety medication, because I think it throws off your heart rate and your... I don't think it's illegal, but I think you have to reveal it. So, so. apparently, they both went to Harvard. Oh. Uh, Spitzer and his wife. Uh-huh. And they got married in uh, 1987. They have three daughters, and she's not as rich as he is. And he spent uh, $80,000 on prostitutes. This will, by the way, $80,000. So far. By the way, the, uh, the, that's just what they found, too, yeah, with this like, financial reconstruction. Found. The best part will come with the inevitable story about how one of the prostitutes was younger than one of his daughters. Mm -hmm. That's coming. You know that that's coming. You know, they're trying to find if one of the hookers was, like, the same age as his daughter. So that's, I know how the media works. That's he's, exactly uh, how things operate. He's wrestling with his uh, private failings. From those to whom much is given, much is expected. I have been given much. The love of my family, the faith and trust of the people of New York, and the chance to lead the state. I am deeply sorry that I did not live up to what was expected of me. He believes he's a failure. He's correct. To every New Yorker and to all those who believed in what I tried to stand for, I sincerely apologize. But I mean, the, the, I look at my time as governor with a sense of what might have been. But, you know, he doesn't sound sorry at all. He doesn't. He sounds completely unrepentant. He really doesn't. Uh, he has like that Diamond Joe Quimby sort of sort of sorry going on. Um, it's like, oh, they've only bombed the tip of the iceberg here. I better save the good stuff for later. I, I pray now that by making this speech, you will stop looking into my past, lest ye find the 15 people that I had hidden in a landfill. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, But, I mean, New York's a pretty forward-thinking place. Don't you think that if he had just said... Like, if he just, uh, again, either just, you know, gotten a divorce, or if he had uh, copped to it proactively, and said, like, uh, you know you know who did that? You know who did that? It was Jerry Springer when he was the mayor of Cincinnati. Jerry Springer, as much as people make fun of him, you know, I love that guy, I really do. Jerry Springer was the youngest mayor ever elected uh, in Cincinnati, I think probably still to this day. Mm -hmm. So people have forgotten about this, but there was a big scandal with Jerry Springer when he was mayor of Cincinnati, where he... Not only did Jerry Springer uh, get caught buying hookers when he was the mayor of Cincinnati, he paid for it with city checks. Literally, like actual paper checks that said, like, Office of the Mayor, Cincinnati. And it's so, easier to keep track of, though. I mean, I mean, so at the end of the month. Yeah. So he would literally be like, for doing me. 85 and no Springer and like you know from the mayor and so he actually put out the statement he said uh, how did he phrase that I can't remember exactly but Springer put out the statement to me and he said I spent time with a lady that I shouldn't have and I paid her with a check that was stupid you know <laughs> I shouldn't have done that 
If you decide that I'm no longer fit to be your mayor, that is, a, you know, that is certainly your choice. Sorry. Or whatever. And I think he, I think he lived on. I don't think they kicked him out of office. And that was in Cincinnati. So I think in, that was like 30 years ago. So I think in New York, if he had just come out and said, yeah, so I was hooking up with, uh, with a prostitute, you know, yeah, that was retarded. I shouldn't have done that. And, uh, you know, if you want to kick me out, kick me out. But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen again. I think that he would have had maybe a 50 50 chance of living it out. But this business where he just seems completely unrepentant uh, and clearly, and was like moving funds around to try to hide it, that really is what screws you. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that's, that's a guy you can forget about. Him and Larry Craig can be on a reality show together. So if Obama was a white man, he would not be in this position. That's what former Democratic Congresswoman Geraldine Ferrero says. South, uh, Southern California's Daily Breeze reports a 72-year-old made the comments. The well, Daily the, Breeze? The Daily Breeze. Uh, she was discussing uh, what topic she will cover during her Sunday speech in California as part of the American Perspective series. She has now taken a task with those comments, although she's not really sure why. What I find is offensive is that every time somebody says something about the campaign, you're accused of being racist. Well, now, did she actually, and you may have just said this, and maybe I missed it. Did she actually say the phrase, if, if Obama was a white man, he would not be in okay. this position? Eh, see, that's, man, that's, that's tricky stuff right there, because first of all, because I think she is actually a member, she's a fundraiser for the Clinton campaign. Mm -hmm. Uh... You know, she's the only woman, largely forgotten now, but the only woman ever to run on the... I, I already did. Okay. KCMD Portland. Uh, uh, she's the only one to run on the presidential ticket. Was she Mondale's running maybe? She was. She was indeed. Remember she had that... She got tagged as her kid with a cokehead? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but um, it, it's weird. I mean, it's, it, there is something to be said for if she really believes that that is the case. Mm -hmm. If she really thinks that Obama is maybe getting a pass on some things... And how odd that you would even say that phrase in America. No, 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 they're taking it easy on him because he's black. I mean, the idea that anybody would actually say that is, I guess maybe that's an indication of evolution or whatever, but if she really believes that to be the case, because that's basically what she's saying, maybe there's the case that, I mean, she's, well, she is speaking her mind, but that's just, it's got to be awkward for the Clintons, because that's right on the th heels of them allegedly putting out that photo of him all dressed up in the Indonesian stuff, and it's... Right on the, you know, and there's the, 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 what else? There was the thing about Hillary. He's not a Muslim, as far as I know. So it's a, it's a bad week for the Clintons, I mean, really, in, in terms of controlling stuff like that. Uh, Hillary distanced herself from all these uh, controversial comments. Well, I didn't say it. And I, regr I regret that it was said, and I, I obviously reject that. I don't agree with that. Well, okay. Uh, Hillary's in Pennsylvania. By the way, she lost in uh, Mississippi last night. Not that that's a matter for anybody, really. Uh, she's playing up her roots in the state where her dad was born. She never really talks about him very much. I believe so strongly that Pennsylvania should be the state that makes all the difference in deciding who will be the next president of the United States. How about we agree to elect you if you agree to have someone else speak for oh, you? Oh, good Lord. Do like, you know, it'd be like having Marley Matlin as president. But you just get somebody else to stand next to you. She to constantly be yelling that horrific, screechy voice. It's totally true. Maybe she's run through a harmonizer or something. <laughs> or Pro Tools. <laughs> Will you elect me as president? She has something strapped to her face all the time. Seriously. Don't you think if they just, if, they, if she agreed to like... Learn sign language. out a little bit. She doesn't need to scream all the time. It's really off-putting. Maybe. <laughs> Here's what we should do as a bit. If she becomes president, we should have someone else do all of her speaking for her. Well, if somebody else played the part of Hillary Clinton. I'm calling that out right now. So we'll get the sound bites and then... Yeah, and then somebody them. else will do them and we'll find 
Uh, let's see here. This joke, copyright 2007, Rick Emerson Show. Oh, well, you know, 2008. Uh, we'll find somebody else to play the part of Hillary Clinton on all these sound bites. But if I can go back to that 3 a.m. ad for a second, it's 3 a.m. Who do you want to bomb our enemies? Uh, don't you really think that Hillary Clinton, almost just in terms of personality, wins that contest? Because, I mean, really, imagine if you're some from some troublemaking country, and the world is full of them. You're from some uh, jackhole nutcase country. And you're threatening to cause trouble, or you're threatening to bomb something. You're holding Americans hostage. I mean, if you heard Hillary's voice on the other end of the phone with that brittle politeness, wouldn't you just start shaking in your boots because you know that she was just one step away from just having your entire country vaporized? Mm -hmm. I mean, with Obama, I mean, I, I really do feel like there's that sense with with Obama that he really would, you know, I'm going to seek a peaceful solution. We can sit down at the table and we can we can resolve and have a rapprochement as human beings. Whereas with Hillary, you get the sense that she would just be like, I'm going to kill you and everybody you have ever known. She's sort of the Kaiser Soze, you know. And she kills their parents and their parents' friends. She kills their children and people who owe their children money. I, she really does have such a force of personality. Can I just read an email, by the way? Yes. This says, hey, all I hear today is loud, repeated typing in the background. Is Fatboy trying to download songs again? That's me. It's my new keyboard. It's a lot... Louder. Give him points, though, for referencing the commercial. That's true. Is Fat Boy in the background trying to download music? Um, I'm be. Yeah, I'm, I'm beep. I'm sorry. You got yeah. a new keyboard. I got a new keyboard because my uh, my computer went a little... I will say this... And I do have long nails. And I find the sound of typing on the keyboard to be very comforting. I find it soothing. Like the sound of high heels. Exactly. Um, or you know what else? Or the sound of old, uh, not like Selectric, but old manual typewriters. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go around the room right now. Uh, unconventional noises that you like, uh, things that you like the sound of that are sort of unconventional. Because I got that one. I like the sound of, but you know, it's only a certain type of keyboard. Like, let's see if mine does it. No, see, mine doesn't do it. Yeah, this is like, yeah, this is a new. See, I like that sound. I really do. I find it really comforting. I think it's the nails, too, because you can hear the nails. And I do think that there are certain types of keyboards where the keys themselves are a little clattery. Because they do, like, mine, I think, is actually designed to be silent. And I don't really care for that. Mm -hmm. Even yours, though, it's still not as good. There is this one sound that some computer keyboards make. that It's like a hollow clacking sound. Now, see, it's not that either. That's a silent keyboard that Tim has over there. But there's this hollow clacking sound that some computer keyboards make I really like. Any other sounds people like? Oh. I'm trying to think. You know what I like? Here's the sound I like. I like the sound, and I'm not talking about when it scrapes, but I'm talking about when someone is writing with chalk on a blackboard and it's the tapping of chalk on a blackboard when it's not... I don't like that because I'm always anticipating the screech. Yeah, see, the squeal is I bad. I hate that. Oh, But so just much. the tapping of the chalk on the board when someone is writing, I find that to be one of the most soothing sounds on earth, really. It's... I don't know why. Okay, and we're done. Here. I don't know. Maybe by... Um, I like hearing the dishwasher. Really? Yeah. So you know, you know what it is? That's, a, that's, a, that's an in-the-womb thing. Well, I know that it's... Yeah, it's doing the work for me. Oh, well, there's that, well, too. No, there's, yeah, and I, I really do like it. I, and, like, like dishwasher, like laundry. See, but I think it's because I, I think that that, if, if I think a scientist would say that's because it simulates the sound of being in the womb. Uh, because you're in the womb, you have the muffled, because, uh, you know, you're in, you're in liquid, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's the muffled whoosh of, uh, of you know, whatever that fluid is. or whatever The muffled whoosh of, like, the liquid around you when you're in the womb, which you associate with comfort and security and safety. That, I would almost guarantee, if you were to look mm. into that, simulates that. That's like when they say when you get a dog, when you get a puppy, he's supposed to sleep with an alarm clock uh, because, uh, wrapped in a towel because it simulates his mother's heartbeat. So I would almost guarantee that's what that is. That's really interesting. interesting. 
Tim Riley, have uh, you a contribution? None on this one. Okay. Sound you hate? Oh, there's so many. Okay, I'll give you another one. I was just thinking about this last night. A, I hate when you're eating and your fork scrapes the plate. Uh, <gasps> oh, uh, anything scrapey so like that. Oh, rod, rod iron gates closing. It makes my dogs bark. That makes Muppet crazy, too. And, my, and my rod iron mate. gates all the way down the end of the street. They can hear them. You can't. But is it can't. like a rusty kind of a thing, or is it just the, the metal on metal? Heavy metal. Clunk, clunk. Interesting. Uh, okay, so my wife and I had to do this thing last night in the basement. Uh, part of our basement is carpeted. Part of it is cement. Uh, we are swapping out our washing machine. And so the, the landlord has come by to pick up the old one. Uh, so we had to move a washing machine across the cement floor, and it was the scrape of the metal on the bottom of the washing machine, because it's heavy. So the metal bottom, the underside of the washing machine, is scraping the, the concrete floor as we're dragging along. Mm. I actually had to stop at one point. I told him, I'm like, we can't do this. I'm like, if we can't move this more quietly, he's going to have to do it himself, because the noise was so horrible. Uh, it's, and again, it's like the fork hitting the plate. It was like the metal scraping on cement in our basement. It was so off-putting. It does. It sounds are weird. They, they, they really do have a strange effect on you. Like that. For example, why is it that that chalkboard scrape of nails or of chalk? Why does that screw with people so much? Does anybody know? No. We don't even know what prime numbers are. <laughs> I'm just saying. We it, don't even know about starfish. It's starfy. Starfy. <laughs> Star, you want to trademark Starfy, and you would, and it would be like some exciting kind of Wi-Fi service, but that like uh, that just gave you like Perez Hilton or something. Oh. Um, I'm just saying, it seems like there ought to be some scientific explanation for why that sound is so universally hated, because it jangles your nervous system somehow. I don't know why that is. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, Hillary Clinton is among those who does not want to see gas prices go up any higher. She believes that we might oh, no. be getting gouged. Let's investigate the oil companies and the oil producing countries because I don't think this is on the level. That voice. That voice. You might get four years of it. I was just going to say, choose your vote carefully, Sarah. Uh, from American Idol last night, uh, yeah. judges uh, Simon Cowell and Paul Abdul get a little snippy at each other while critiquing Amanda Overmeyer. They all got a little bit shouty. Uh, Having said that, shut up, Paula. I think it's a very ooh, good thing that you're be here. Disrespectful. Yeah, don't be disrespectful. Well, then don't, don't be disrespectful to me, Paula. I'm leaving her on. This is Let me finish. finished. Oh, oh, hey. oh, okay. Oh, okay, baby. Seriously. Okay, With respect. Could this be more fake? You just yeah. totally nailed it. Could that be more fake? Uh, I mean, it's, you the know. American people aren't smart enough to detect They're, they're really not. They're deeply stupid. And I, I caught five minutes of Reba via yesterday, oh, and I saw how stupid the American public that is. That may be the worst thing that's ever existed. Oh, my God. And it's like, the CW is like, oh, you can't get enough Reba. Let's have four hours back of Reba. To, back to back. It's a Reba-thon. Well, it's they so figure if, if by some crazy mistake that you stumble upon the CW anyway, <laughs> you might watch it for more than five. And once they get you stuck there for half an hour. It's like a tar pit. Yeah. Um, the You know, that thing with American Idol, and I don't begrudge them. I mean, it's a big paycheck for them. Go, you know, whatever. But if they paid me, I'd do it. Uh, but it, it is amazing that people either can't figure out or don't care how fake that is. Like how... Not that Paula Abdul doesn't seem drunk most of the time, because she does. Did you hear her saying, so disrespect me. God, have another cocktail. Seriously. But that it's just, it's so badly contrived. And I mean, it's not, it's not even really convincing. Oh. So, all right.
But that's America. Time for a religious nutcase watch. Here's your religious nutcase watch for uh, Wednesday, the Rick Emerson Show. University's trial policy of denying men the use of one of its gyms for six hours a week to accommodate Muslim women has been an exercise of frustration for some students and off-campus critics. Since February 4th, the Quadrangle Recreational Athletic Center at the Ivy League School has been open only to women from 8 to 10 a.m., Tuesday and Thursdays, 3 to 5, and Mondays. Allowing uh, Muslim women, who typically cover their hair and most of their skin, to follow religious and cultural codes, to dress more suitably for exercising. Hussein Ibish, executive director for the Foundation of Arab American Leadership, says complaints that the policy is unfair or unfounded. It's about expanding the range of choices, he tells us. Uh, by by excluding people from the gym for two hours. Yes. Uh, women, for all kinds of reasons, don't want to exercise in front of men. It's a minority of women... But they're around. Religion is here to help you, Tim. Uh, this uh, modesty business comes from religion, sometimes from culture. They just don't want to be ogled by me. Who's going to ogle people covered? Who well, ogles anybody in a gym, either? I mean, really. <laughs> let's go look at some hot Muslim women. Seriously, people don't. Uh, there is. Let me ask you this. Uh, I, I haven't gone to a gym for a long time. I haven't, I haven't had a gym membership for You're many kidding. years. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, that was good. That, well, that was great, though. That was a great little uh, right between the ribs. That's actually, I did that same thing to my wife last night when I was, uh, she said, because remember she called yesterday and she would reference again, I think being at Ikea or whatever, but but actually I went home yesterday and she goes, she goes, so I bought something today and I actually said, no. And then I think, and I, I immediately realized that was the wrong thing to say. I got that look that was the temperature of liquid nitrogen. Um, so, no, Tim, I haven't belonged to a gym, but isn't it just understood at a gym? No, you don't need to. You get plenty of exercise. Going up and down those stairs several times a day. Don't be, don't be coy. Don't. <laughs> Walking to the kitchen for snacks. Walking your car and back. <laughs> trying to fit myself into low-rise jeans. Um, but isn't it just understood at a gym you don't ogle people? Isn't that, it's just sort of, right? It's understood that the gym... You you just everybody is there as they used to say there was a gym that used to have this tagline where you uh, you don't go you're not see, you don't go there to be seen getting in shape you're getting in shape to be seen it's just sort of understood at a gym that look I look hideous you look awful we're sweaty and horrible and we have ponytails uh, we're not going to look at each other well that's another place where the these hippopotamus people walk around naked like everyone look at me no please don't <laughs> and, it, and it's like you see something you don't want to see please God erase that memory <laughs> you can never unsee <laughs> erase, it erase erase <laughs> it's, like, it's like an old it's like one of those old screensavers that would burn its way under the monitor um, well in any event uh, I don't even know what so I was going to been to a gym. But yeah, but I, just, I mean, I was understood at a gym that you don't, I don't know, maybe some guys do that, maybe women do that for that matter. I just thought a gym, it was understood that you just, you switched off that part of your brain because everybody sort of looked bad and sweaty, uh, except for like the three people there who are perfect who serve only to shame you. Uh, and that you just don't, you sort of don't look. Well, whatever. What was that person's name in the story? What's their first the, what name story? The story you just read? That was a long time ago. <laughs> you don't listen to garbage. I just thought that the person, the spokesperson's first name was Hussein. It is. 
Well, that's unfortunate. Hussein Ibish. Do you suppose there's a big run on like name change forms in certain segments of the world when trying to ditch names that have recently become? Isn't that Barack Obama's middle name? Yes, it is, Tim. Hmm. Mm. Wonder what kind of. Someone should alert the mainstream media, Tim. <laughs> sure. All right, so there you go. So uh, Because always remember that God has nothing better to do than to worry about what clothes you're wearing. Is that the end of our... Uh, yes, it is. Uh, there's your religious nutcase watch. Hello, sir. You have an unconventional sound that you... Now, is this a sound you like or a sound you hate? Uh, a couple of things. I have a comment on the typewriter noise. Yeah. Uh, the sound of an electric typewriter, for me, is actually pretty unnerving because, uh, yet again, you brought back another Casca school memory of sitting outside the principal's office and... She's typing up a report to go home? Oh, there's always... Uh, the only sound that came out of that office was the secretary pounding away on the electric typewriter. The sound of weeping. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I had was uh, the sound really comforts me. And it always has since childhood is the sound of the furnace kicking on. Oh, I, that's a good oh, sound yeah. too. I actually like that in my house too. And then there's okay. That was well, weird. Fine. Don't stick around and have your no, idea I don't think discussed. You hung up. That sounded like a disconnect. Maybe that was Richie. I like the furnace too because then it's like the warm air blowing around. Mm. Uh, let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll talk to James Roop. Hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. What about a sound? Hey, Rick, sir, Tim. Hey, how you guys doing? So All Richie right. is definitely not drunk today. He, he seems a little high. He's hilarious. What's going on with that guy? What do you mean? Were you bantering with him? No, I, he didn't give me a chance. He asked my name, and he said, what I was, well, what I was calling about, and I said, I'm calling about sounds. And he started going, calling about sounds, 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 and making funny voices, and then just stuck me on hold. Hold on. Let's, let's find out. Anyway, Richie, would you please join uh, in on I'm going to change this, Richie Sounder. I'm going to isolate that thing from the PIM score where it's like, Richie Bristol just threw up on a phone booth. <laughs> uh, anyway, what is your sound observation, sir? So um, it's kind of good right next to the one of the sounds you hate, the fork scraping on yeah. the plate. And I, I work in a restaurant, so I don't really hear this in real life, but on TV when people are sitting down to dinner, the sounds of the forks and the knives moving around on the plate. So you, but not the scraping, but just not like the, the scraping, but just people eating, just like the clanking of the silverware and whatnot. Now, do you like that because you associate it with your job? No, no, I, I've always liked that. I okay. Think it, and you never see anybody take a bite on television. But uh, another thing that I can't, a uh, sound I can't stand is um, I can't even be in the room if somebody's eating an apple. That is like ch uh, fingernails on a chalkboard to me. The eating an apple mm. is it sort of the crunching or is it the chewing? It's the noise. Oh, uh, I, mean, I can't I can cut apples. That. I love apples too. I have to cook them. I've got to like uh, you know, braise them a little bit to uh, to kind of soften them up so they don't make that noise. So the, so the noise is actually so off-putting to you that you have to cook your apples to avoid it. Yeah, and I or just not eat them. And I can't be in the room if somebody's eating one. I have to leave. It's that's fascinating. I, I don't I don't like it. It's just it's, a, it's one of those strange. It's hardwired into you. That's the thing. See, that's why we're not making fun of entities because everybody does have these, and they are sort of. Mm -hmm. They're very real. I mean, it's like that sound with Mike. My wife and I were moving the washing machine, and the sound it made scraping on the concrete floor was so bad. At one point, I told her, I'm like, we may have to just not do this because I could not take it. All right. And also the, uh, the, the keyboard for a computer, Yeah. they were originally didn't make any sounds. Like when they first started coming out, people realized that they're so used to typewriters making noise that they added the, the clicking. Oh, is that true? Because it was maybe unnerving to type and not have any sound? They just, people were constantly checking whether they hit the key or not. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Oh. So, yeah. That All right. Because um, my Mac doesn't make any noise when I type. 
Weird. It's completely silent. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Have a good day, guys. Right, thank you. Well, it's like on my BlackBerry, how the, this, the keys make a little when you when you press down. Not that they need to, but I think they've discovered psychologically you feel, you know, it feels like you're really typing if it's making a whatever. Hello, Richie Bristol. Hello. Hey, when you when you type on your iPhone, does it make a noise or a sound or whatever? Hey, wait. Is that mic working? Uh, that's mic three. Mike Try mic four. Is this your old one? Hold on. No, 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 no. Don't, no, 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 don't, don't, sw- don't switch mics. Just have Sarah bring up. Both of them are on right now. It's not working. All right. Try this one. Try this. Nothing? Nothing. Hold on, though. Hold on. Oh, Anything? Hello? Hello. Yeah, another right, one. There we go. Okay, so let's... Hold on. And then we, we must get Jim Roof. He's been waiting for All right. a few. Well, we'll fix it. I'm just, I just want to make sure we've got that figured out before Morgan gets here. All right. Uh, Richie, are you feeling wacky today? Sure. Oh. <laughs> we went out for some celebratory okay. drinks after we won our bowling game. And you vanquished the uh, woman from Clear Channel. Well done. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir. How are you? I am uh, dandy. How's your life, brother? How are things? Hey, life's good. Uh, Tim Riley, our news director, just handed this to me. Do you see this thing about uh, this uh, this thing about companies scalping tickets to the Oscars for like eighty-five grand? Yeah, yeah. There's a the I guess the uh, the Academy filed suit against these guys. Jesus. But see, the problem is when when you buy tickets or when you get tickets to the Oscars, you have to sign this thing saying you promise you won't sell them. You know, because they everybody who gets tickets goes through a background check. Right. And oh, I so, didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Is that so? It's like when you get a screener or something like that. Yeah, I will not put this on the internet. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, or the now, what about those gift bags? Can you can you resell the gift bag? Well, no, they re, they donate those to uh, charity. The actors do now because the IRS t- goes after them now. Oh, I hadn't really thought about that. That's taxable income. Yeah, interesting. I mean, you're talking, you know, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars worth of crap. So the actors go, you know, I'm just going to give this away. You, so, they used to keep it. I was yeah. so, but when when an actor. Uh, so when an actor donates a gift bag to charity, are they donating the actual stuff, or are they selling it somehow and then donating the money? Cause I uh, yeah, like it goes on eBay, and then the proceeds go to charity. All right. Sometimes, though, like their dresses and all that, they get, they're actually donated to an auction house of some kind. Okay, all right, fair enough. All right, then. Uh, so, uh, anyway, and you guys got that big, what is it? It's not today, though, is it? There's this, there's this huge... Uh, uh, I guess it's happening in May. It's going to be a May Day thing about the, uh, yeah. the big immigration march because it's an election year. Yeah. And it's interesting to see how this is. Uh, lately, there have been some other things that have sort of knocked this off uh, the front page. I always talk to Lisa about this, about the, the cyclical nature of news stories and sort of what people seem to care about at any given moment. And there was this, like, three-month period where immigration was, like, job one with everybody. And it's sort of been kicked down the list behind, like, you know, the, the governor of New York right now. So, anyway. Well, you know, yeah, the, the, all these coalitions, and they all have these long acronyms, um, they, they want the candidates to really lay out what their immigration reform policy is going to be. Just don't tell me you're going to reform it. Because every one of them, every single one of them, Hillary, uh, Barack, uh, John McCain, they all have a round them up and send them back kind of clause in it, you know? Uh, so they they, they want to know exactly what are these policies, and we're not going to round anybody up. Do you guys have that thing in California where the, do you guys have the driver's licenses for illegal aliens? No, 
All right. That it, has never passed. So is that do they is it, it, it's I, constantly attempted and it, it never it never makes it out of committee. Because the politics of California are sort of interesting uh, in that uh, obviously there you know a great many uh, the, the people who live there both legally and illegally not from this country. But then of course it seems like uh, maybe some of the folks who are more entrenched in California maybe there's a little bit of I don't know you call it a response or a backlash or whatever. So it seems like there's like just one big constant face off. Uh, happening in California over stuff like that. Well, the ridiculous thing about that driver's license, because every time it comes up, I, I interview, and it's real easy to find an illegal alien. I mean, it, they're everywhere. And you just ask them, would you, you know, the ones that can understand you and you understand them, you say, can, would you apply for a driver's license? No, they don't want a paper trail. Right. They're not going to apply for a driver's license. Whether they can be trained to drive properly or not, they're going to take their chances the way it is. Because even jail here is better than there. Because it seems like one of those things, and that's the, that is the sort of line they always peddle, uh, where they say, well, no, no, there are many, many people who would get a driver's license, so they want to have documentation. They're and they simply... would get car insurance and all the drivers would right. be safe on the road. And, you're right, and cool. then, you know, and I, I don't even really know that it goes to whether they would... Uh, like to have insurance or not, but as you said, I think there's just a, a fear, especially in today's climate, in, I hate to say this, but in the post-9-11 uh, world, there is this fear that if you are not here uh, legally and you get a paper trail, the man's going to come kicking in your door one of these days. Well, maybe he will. So, well, I, it's, it's always possible. Who knows? So, all right. Uh, well, in any event, I had some other crap I was going to ask you, but I, I You can't... know what? I, I went after that, uh, that angle you talked to me about yesterday, finding out about conservatorship with Britney Spears and how that actually happened. Yeah. And, yeah, somebody does have to to go to court and file for that, saying, you know, she she's uh, mentally incompetent. She can't handle not only herself but her her affairs. So there's two conservatorships, one on her and one on her on her property, and her old man's involved in both. And so the, She and, has no choice. And she it's until, no like, choice. what, like June or something at this point? Now it's to July 31st. Here's the odd thing. Um, usually they're temporary, very temporary. Then right. there's a hearing to determine if it should be extended or not. It could be extended to about a year. But the judge arbitrarily just extended it five months with no hearing. And what this attorney I was talking to yesterday with said, probably it's like a, a judicial acknowledgement of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And is it... ever since the old man's been in charge, she hasn't shaved her head or anything. Well, that's... <laughs> well, how sad that, that that is like the bellwether for, for us with her. Um, the So if... I don't know if she is under this conservatorship, which means that basically her dad, everything has to go through him. Does that mean that she actually that it's sort of a catch twenty two where if she wanted to get the conservatorship lifted, she would actually have to retain a lawyer, which she can't do unless her dad lets her. Well, there's a court appointed attorney along with her old man uh, to make sure that everything's done right. And and as soon as she demonstrates the fact that it doesn't have to go all the way till July, if she demonstrates to the court that she's responsible, that she can handle her own affairs, they can lift that conservatorship anytime they want. The court can say, okay, let's have a hearing tomorrow. All right, boom, give her back all her stuff. And then the next time she shaves her head or doesn't wear panties, they'll oh. take it away from her again. <laughs> all right. You know, something like that. All right, brother. Um, all right. Well, I, we'll, we'll, well I'm going to follow her to find out. I'm going to say, we'll just, we'll just call it that because the, the, talking about that girl is just like one big, insane, mirror-filled rabbit hole. You know what I mean? Uh, all right. You on tomorrow? Oh, absolutely, sir. All right. We will talk to you then. Enjoy your day, my friend. Thank you. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. I'll tell you, we'll break here come back. More from Tim Riley around the corner. Uh, we'll talk to Mr. Skin. Aaron Duran is on hold and high. Plus, Sarah uh, Dillon will have her uh, top five TV themes. Yes? Oh, yeah. No, I'm ready to go. I'm just waiting my turn. You were just pointing at yourself there. I didn't know. No, I said don't forget to mention my Oh, no, no, no. You're, no it's coming up in mere moments.
Uh, 2 o'clock hour, Morgan Grace will be here. More of your phone calls. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Radio program. It's 503-733-2970. By the way, I won't belabor the whole thing with this whole horrible Britney story about what's his name, Adnan Anyang, uh, dumping her. Yeah, can we just call him Anyang? Anyang. But it has this whole thing about how she uh, became unpregnant. And it really is all worth it for this phrase. This is, let's see, um, Britney Spears' devastating mental breakdown was triggered by Her secret on pregnancy. Inqu- uh, insiders have revealed exclusively to the Inquirer. Blah, da, da, blah, da, da, blah. Anyway, but it's all worth it for this phrase. On the rebound from Justin, Brittany had sex with other men from her hometown and could not be sure who the father was. All class. Wait. Sam the Butcher. So they're, so, so they're claiming that this was a couple years back. Uh, oh, so this didn't just happen. No, they're claiming that this was not uh, An Young's uh, baby. Uh, that, but, and I think the two things are. are Wait, I think up with Justin because they broke up years ago. That's before Kevin Federline, before she got married to that dude in Vegas. Uh, but it was it was 2002. Uh, so they're saying uh, that she had the procedure after breaking up with Justin Timberlake in March 2002. So I, I guess uh, what, and so I guess that is unrelated to An Young dumping her. So. The, the claim is that, that on the rebound from Justin, she was then humping a bunch of other guys in her hometown and could not be sure who the father was and wanted to, quote, how laughable this is now, wanted to, quote, maintain her public image as a virgin. And then oh, she boy. met the onion guy. So there you go, yes. And then that's all. Uh, anyway, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, coming up, uh, we have uh, Morgan Grace next hour. Sarah Dillon's top five TV themes. This is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A woman in Western Kansas sat on her boyfriend's toilet for two years, and they're investigating whether or not she was mistreated. Next County Sheriff Brian Whipple says... Brian Whipple? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mr. Whipple was called to this restroom after a man called his office last month to report there was something wrong with his girlfriend. The woman's muscles had uh, atrophied and medical personnel... She's had... a trophied wife. <laughs> yep. They had to remove her... Come on! They had to remove her from oh, the toilet boy. because she was bound to it by a natural... <laughs> I don't understand anything. She was... she was bound to this toilet seat by natural means. <laughs> <laughs> At first, she refused ambulance service because she didn't want to leave. Well, She's refusing to talk to authorities. Can we please stop and start again? Well, this woman sat on the toilet for two years and didn't move. Your next question? Where? Nest County, Kansas. She sat on a toilet for two years? Is this... This according to Mr. Whipple, who's the sheriff of Nest County. It seems like there's a Charmin joke just out of reach. Yeah, because she's on the toilet and there's Mr. Whipple reporting it. Doesn't it seem that has to be a fake story, Tim? That can't be real. This is from Kansas. Was the toilet exceptionally comfortable? She doesn't. Well, she hasn't spoken to. This is 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 she like the old woman? Is she like the old woman? Oh, you're right. Can you read that again? Is she like the old woman who swallowed a fly? It didn't say there were any flies. There once was a woman who probably was if she sat on a a toilet for two years. I'm sure there were flies. What toilet did he use? Maybe had two restrooms. How did he possibly sit on the toilet for two years? She did. 
What else are they to do in Nest City, Kansas? Why would you sit on the toilet for two years? I guess Did she, she sleep to. on the toilet? She must have. And she ate on the toilet? Yeah. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, you know, waste not one. Was she just, now. like, stuck in there and embarrassed? Yeah, well, she, was, no, she was stuck to it. He's, Tim is claiming she was somehow attached to the toilet Bound seat. Bound to it by natural means. <laughs> kind of like that lady who melted into her couch. There once was a woman who melted into a couch. Well, this woman melted into her toilet. Melts into porcelain. I, well, that's well, see, that's not an update there also. No, no, but, like a squishy one? No, 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 but see, there's too, too much. much information. All right. I understand how the woman could have grown into the sofa. That woman in, I think, Hoboken or whatever, because the sofa's cloth. It was No, it was like a leather sofa. It was, it was a leather well, sofa. We don't know what this toilet seat was made out of. I get, but you don't have a leather toilet seat unless you're much more adventurous than I am. <laughs> well, I mean, Isn't that right, Mr. Slave? She made the decision to sit there for two years. It was, I mean, it was there, easier than getting there, up. Was there a calendar there? I'm just gonna have to come back eventually. And so. this woman's married. Uh, it says boyfriend. Her boyfriend's toilet. I'm seeing someone. He's back in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, okay. I don't know what to say about this. Tim, can you just read that story one more time? <laughs> can, better yet, can you also give us what what is the actual? I'm gonna look this up. What is the actual? Uh, woman sat on toilet for two years. <laughs> woman. Sat woman sat on toilet for By the Associated years. Press. Here we go. Woman, and there's a picture of a toilet. I don't know if it's yep, this, is, this is a toilet. We're not sure if it's Authorities are considering charges in the bizarre case of a woman who sat on her boyfriend's toilet for two years. Mm-hmm. So long that her oh. that her body was, fi- was stuck to the seat by the time the boyfriend finally called police. Mm-hmm. Well, at first he didn't think there was anything wrong as the year as the months went on. Brian Whipple said it appears that I wonder how many I wonder like after a day mm-hmm. if he thought it was abnormal. After a week he thought it was weird, but then at six months it like just became. Did you read this? I'm reading it now. Keep going. It answers some questions. Brian Whipple said it appeared 35 year old Nessity woman's skin had grown around the seat. She initially refused emergency medical service, but was finally convinced by respondees and her boyfriend that she needed to be checked out at a hospital. We. We pried the toilet seat off with a pry bar, and the seat went with her to the hospital, said Whipple. The hospital removed it. Whipple said investigators plan to present the report Wednesday to the county attorney, who will determine whether any charges should be filed against the boyfriend. She was not glued. She was not tied. She was just physically stuck by her body, Whipple said. I still have a hard time imagining it myself. I don't want to think about that. He told investigators, this is the boyfriend apparently, he brought his girlfriend food and water and asked her every day to come out of the bathroom. And, and, her, and her reply would be, quote, maybe tomorrow, end quote. According to him, she did not want to leave the bathroom. The boyfriend called police on February 27th to report that, quote, there is something wrong with my girlfriend. <laughs> Whipple said, adding, he never explained why it took him two years to call. Police found the clothes woman sitting on the toilet, her sweatpants down to her mid-thigh. Sweatpants explains a lot, doesn't uh, it? She was somewhat disoriented, and her legs looked like they had been atrophied. She said that she didn't need any help, said Whipple, but that she was okay and did not want to leave. Jesus. That makes me kind of sick. I don't know. I would I would find out what the manufacturer of this uh, toilet is, and I think she might have be able to sign some sort of contract to promote it. God damn! It's very comfortable, apparently. I, really, I mean, whoever manufactures this toilet ought to be hooking this woman up for an endorsement right now. Uh, 
Okay. Well, there you go. Further questions? the Associated Press. I still don't really understand how your skin uh, attaches to a a porcelain toilet seat. Well, it grew around it, is what she said. So if she had all this, you know, things like dent into your skin. So if she's just sitting there, eventually the toilet seat, I bet, would work its way through, and then kind of she'd start wrapping around it. Oh, that ain't right. Well, he didn't want to rush her. But, I mean, doesn't it seem likely to you that, I can't believe we're having this discussion, but how many times a day do I say that? Um, if you're sitting on a toilet seat mm-hmm. and your um, buttocks, are, if you're growing, basically, what was that? Oh, wait, I don't know. Keep going. Let me see. You just put your hands together. No, it just seems like if Like you're this growing... is the church, this is the steeple style. I know. Well, keep going. I want to hear where you're going. I'm saying if you're sitting on a toilet seat, I'm so sorry to everybody. If you're sitting on a toilet seat and you your girth, uh, you know, you're eating... And not having what we might charitably call a sedentary lifestyle, um, <laughs> um, the that your buttocks are growing. But it seems like, if this makes sense, it, 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 your buttocks would only be growing around the toilet seat on the outside of the bowl, sort of as though uh, like ice cream running down the side, you know, the outside of the glass. Because if let's be honest, if your buttocks were growing inside the toilet seat mm-hmm. at some point you wouldn't be able to um well we don't know that to go but... number two that's true there's no record though of, of this happening before so so this, it is we are breaking new ground yeah so yeah. she's she's moved on from the couch to the toilet she's the patient zero of, so she had no problem sleeping apparently i guess not well okay two years though i wonder why after two years he finally decided he'd had enough i mean like i wonder if there was like a some sort of a smell well, issue? He, or... Well, no, he was very patient waiting for her to come out. <laughs> yeah, I love the idea that she kept saying, she didn't say no, right. she just said maybe uh, tomorrow. Out, right. <laughs> it turned out from I'll be out in a minute to I'll be out in a minute. Sort of like a princess bride. They sleep well, Wesley, I'll most likely kill you in the morning. You know they'll be on Jerry and he's going to be proposing to her. Oh, seriously. Don't you wonder if, uh, like, if, if, her, if her buttocks now are permanently shaped, though, like with the toilet seat, like when you fall asleep on a tennis racket and your face is all wiry on the side? You gotta wonder if that's a if that's a thing that's like a permanent indentation. Probably because it'll make body, it easier to sit down now. Your body probably rerouted things. Maybe. It's all very interesting. All right. Well. Let's Meanwhile, from a Little yeah. Rock comes word, a bailiff is under internal investigation after a woman spent four days forgotten in a jail cell without food, water, or a toilet. The woman was arrested for stealing pirated CDs and turned out to be an illegal alien. Well, somebody put her in jail. On a Friday, and uh, we have to check on her for a few days. Is this like a story problem? Mm-hmm. Consuela goes to jail on a Friday. No one feeds her for two days. Right. Uh, she used a, she was a pillow, and uh, she had two benches, a metal table, and a light that would not go off. She thought she was going to die. She used the uh, the bathroom on the floor, and she was so thirsty she drank her own urine. <gasps> And she's sleeping on a shoe, I, which is no different than living there, in Mexico. There was an old woman who slept on a shoe. I don't know why everything is a nursery rhyme to me today. God damn. But you do see how the universe balances out. That mm. woman has no toilet. This other woman, too much toilet. Mm-hmm. In the middle, there is zen. All right. But this woman was a little more, more creative. She did sleep on the shoe. Yeah, I suppose. All right. And uh, she'll be okay eventually, so don't worry about her. Uh, this guy says that uh, toilet seats are not porcelain. They are plastic. But does that make any difference? Uh, I don't know. Uh, all right. You see, again, for like the millionth time, this is why we need a science guy. Is somebody to answer uh, this question. 
This guy says, yes, the seat itself is usually painted wood or chipboard, or else they are plastic. The toilet itself is porcelain, not the seat. Hmm. So if the seat itself is wood, I guess it's kind of organic. That could explain why it might grow. Might mm-hmm. grow it, but yes, it is. She could grow a second toilet seat. <laughs> it properly watered. Let's just do a couple of these, then we'll do the top five. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Jesus. Hello. Hi. How are you? Man, I've got so many observations that have nothing to do with why I call. Oh, this is Aaron. I didn't even recognize you. You sound all stoned. That's because I am stoned. No, he's at work. What are you? Uh, on what are you high today? Just life or drugs? Uh, no, drugs. But they're all legal. They what? were prescribed to me by my physician of choice. What kind of drugs are you on today? I don't know. Stuff that ends in a lot of sills and ills and um, salines. Are you uh, are you on anything that ends in like a uh, Pam or Zone? Uh, I think a couple of Zones. Okay, because those are the, you know, the things that end in Zone and Pam are pretty good. Or also Dreen. Anything that ends in Dreen is really good. Well, so. I'm, I'm trying not to... Well, never mind. It's still too soon to make that joke. Heath Ledger. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So, uh, so well, what, first off, about that woman, did her ass create like an event horizon that prevented anything from coming and going? Is that why they couldn't get her off the seat? Oh, if she has like suction to it. Yeah. Well, I, I know. I mean, I mean, I'm guessing that they just went in the back and they unscrewed the toilet seat. I'm but she was with a crowbar. But she must have been a very large woman because if she had grown into the seat, that doesn't just. That's not like when it's a hot day and you're laying nude on a vinyl couch, you know, where it's just sort of a, you know, this, it seems like she had really, uh, she had engulfed the seat with her girth. Maybe there was a bomb under it, like in Lethal Weapon 2, and like no one could have, like Murtaugh couldn't be there to help. You really are high today. Uh, yeah. What? Anyway, why I called. Yeah. Um, I, I remember hearing why um, we as humans are bothered by fingernails on chalkboard. Okay. It is a throwback to our primate ancestors, assuming, of course, you believe in such things. That's a bunch of poppycock. That's science. Yes. That the that sound is very similar to the warning screeches of monkeys. Is that true? So that's like how you would know that uh, it's like some uh, chimpanzee was on, the, was on the rampage. Yeah, that's why you react so violently to it. Interesting. And that the, makes a lot the of closest, sense. The closest primate that makes that sound now, I kid you not, is the macaque. Really? Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. The macaque, which we already know are rampaging in Spokane. Probably, probably that's only going to get worse. Excellent. See? Well done. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. So you, you, you just got that whole Karelian death flu thing going on. Oh, man, it sucks. Yeah, no, it does. You know, the worst part is when your body decides you're better and everything just starts flowing out of your orifices. Woohoo! Yeah. Well, I got that to look forward to. Yeah. Woo! Get a pan. Good thing I got corn dogs to keep me warm. Excellent. Bye now. Bye. All right, there you go. So the toilet seat was removed. With a uh, pry bar. Uh, so at least they didn't need the jaws of life. No. Uh. <laughs> ah, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, what's up, Rick? Hi, what's up? What's up, Tim and Sarah? Hello. Nothing. Just Hi. a woman with the toilet seat. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Breaking Bad. Someone called uh, a few weeks ago and told you guys to watch this show. That's the show with the Malcolm <clears throat> the Middle guy where he's a dad. <coughs> Pardon me. He's a dad that deals meth. You got it. Yeah. Is so. it, uh, it's on AMC or something, right? Yes. And yeah. it is very amazing. You guys will all love it. I highly promise you that. Thanks for Dexter, by the way. I just watched that. Not at all. Thanks to you guys. Anyway, uh, the last episode, the seventh episode, <laughs> just aired on Sunday. So this coming Sunday, they're starting the season over. Really? Is that true? So I'll be able to watch it again from the beginning. You have to. It's also on demand. I think they have the second, third, fourth, and fifth episodes on on demand. But and is this now? Is it a, like an hour long drama? Yes. And is it what? You don't have to give anything away. But what is it, the deal is that he he loses his job or he's uh, he uh, is diagnosed with lung cancer. Right. And he wants to make money for his family. 
So he's actually a chemistry teacher. And so he becomes a meth guy. Yeah, and he makes, like, really incredible meth, and it's really <laughs> awesome. Grade A. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Yes, please watch it. Fantastic. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, this is Dave. Hey, Dave. We'll roll the top five here in a second. Richie, you know what you didn't do today, Scotty? Mr. Skin. Okay, you're calling him and you're apologizing. You are going to eat that bullet today. I'm, I'm done apologizing to Mr. Skin for forgetting him. That's on you. Uh, you you will be, and we're not, and we don't have time to take him at this point, unfortunately. So that is a propeller into which you must walk, Richie Bristol. Uh, uh, we'll do the uh, top five here. Uh, Morgan Grace going to be in the studio later. Uh, here's uh, this guy. Hi, hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Oh, uh, I'm surprised you haven't brought it up. Maybe you did the other day, but today's living section has Don Wells busted for the marijuana. Yeah, but did you see that on the front page of the Oregon? First of all, I don't know whether this is the Oregonian trying to get more people to read dead trees for their news or whether they're just... But did you see that it was not only in the Oregonian, but it was on the front page. It's on the front page. Look, and don't get me wrong. We traffic in just like the tawdriest crap here and just the most insignificant, uh, insubstantial garbage, and we call it news. But we're just some jackhole radio show. I mean, the actual Oregonian had it on the front page right next to this doctor that was killing people. And I did also notice that they lifted our joke. What did they say? Mary Ann with Mary Jane. Actually, TMZ had that, too. Did they really? Every, yeah, that's well, they sold that from us too. Yeah. So there you go. So once again, uh, what we view as a retarded way to make fun of the media, the media themselves still view as funny. That's a sure sign of the apocalypse. Yeah, it really is. All right, thank you. You bet. Bye. Oh, and the Oregonian uh, no longer uh, prints and distributes their uh, their final street edition, I noticed. Because when I go home, I notice the newspaper actually says final street edition. Not anymore. Is it's the true? same edition all day. They don't have... Why do they need it, really? That's a thing. You know, that's a thing that's going to be lost to... Um, that's going to be lost to history. Also, that's like the kid out there saying extra, you know. Yeah. They get extra. Vito Corleone, gun down. Can I just tell you a thing that I always wondered? Can I tell you something that bothers me about The Godfather? Sure. And I never thought I would say that. But here's something that bugs me every single time I watch the original Godfather. Uh, and everybody has tiny, tiny little nitpicks uh, with their favorite films. Uh, like, we all love the movie Singles. Joni, though, has this. Has she ever told you her complaint about the movie Singles? Um, that I don't bugs think so. her? No. Joni's complaint about the movie Singles is her belief that in sort of the, the world of that movie, in that universe, her belief that Campbell Scott's character and Kira Sedgwick's character would never be at the same club. She hmm. she believes that Kira Sedgwick would never be at a club watching Alice in Chains That's where they go out dancing, and that's not really dancing. Yeah. Uh, it's 1.55. Do we have time? Okay. Uh, we do. I'm just going to make this we'll one make up. Time. No, no, no. We'll make time, Sarah. It's okay. all about you. Well, what, would we, what else? Would we, why would we not have time? I don't know, because it's getting close to the top of the hour. Well, so, we're done with the toilet later. we got another hour and five minutes. Okay. Are you leaving? No. We got time. Uh, I would not. I would not neglect. Look at me. Would I neglect your top five? No. I neglect my own top fives all the time. Not yours. Uh, my but my own my, my little tiny nitpick here about the Godfather. Speaking of newspapers and the Oregonian and whatever, mm. is that when Michael and Kay are leaving the movie theater where they're watching Bells of St. Mary's, uh, and this is after Vito Corleone has been gunned down. But of course, there's no cell phones, so he doesn't know about it because he's been at the movies with Kay. And she's walking along, and she says. Uh, who's the actress? She goes, would you like me better if I was, whatever, it's like Catherine, Audrey Hepburn, or whoever it is. And he says, no. And they're walking along, and they walk by the newsstand, and Kay says, uh, Kay Diane Keaton says, Michael. And he says, what? And they look, and there's the New York Post or whatever, and it says, uh, you know, Vito Corleone shot, you know, gangland figure feared dead. 
Michael Curlinger just picks up the newspaper and they walk off reading it without paying for it. <laughs> and the guy, nobody at the newsstand ever says like, hey, you gotta pay for that. Like you never even hear the guy's voice in ADR going, it's not a library, you got to pay. He just, Michael Corleone, just, who is not known to anybody, it's not like he's some famous criminal that they would let walk away with a paper. He and his girlfriend just pick up a copy of the New York Post from the newsstand and walk off without paying for it. Bugs me every time I watch that film. What reminded you of that? Tim was talking about the Oregonian, the, the, how they do the late edition. Ah, And that's the thing. In the, in, in the Godfather, it's the late edition of the New York Post, where it's like special rush edition be covering the, the killing of or the shooting of Vito Corleone. Bugs me every time he doesn't pay for that newspaper. Well, the Internet made all that stuff obsolete. Anyway. Yeah. Jesus. Doesn't take any trees to, do, to change the Internet. No, it does not. <laughs> so, um, so Sarah, here's... So, why don't we... So, we don't get behind. You want to do this? You want... Let's play a little fast and loose with the rules here. Do you want to do a break here? No. Come back through the top five. Then break and bring Morgan in? Assuming okay. she's even here, I don't even see that. I don't even know if she's here yet. So Richie hasn't even do told me she's here. we have somebody at two ten? No. Okay. We have nobody. Or we could do it right now. No, we could do a break. Okay, we'll break. We'll break. We'll do your top five. Uh, then we'll break again. Uh, then we'll bring Morgan Grayson. Then more news. Then whatever. So we'll come back, everybody. Tim, we'll regroup here in a few moments. That sounds like a fabulous idea, isn't it? Yes. Isn't it? All right. Back after this. All right, I, pardon me. Guess we're talking to uh, Mr. Skin tomorrow. One thirty-five. Thank you, Richie. Awesome. All right, uh, Matt Green, engineer extraordinaire. Uh, could you come to the studio, please? I know you're not going to hear this for forty seconds. When you get a chance, you just come to the studio. I didn't notice that Tim was wearing jeans today. I told you. I pointed out earlier he's wearing casual dress. Well, it's I free dress Friday. I'm like, oh, it's not. You know, it's not so free dress. It's uh, no. He's uh, he's wearing a casual shirt and jeans, and then he's still wearing like. Like he has, a, you know, uh, he has, a, he has those, uh, you know, like dress shoes. Um, but no, it's today is Friday for Tim because he's going to be gone Thursday and uh, and Friday. So no, he's, he's so relaxed and just like yeah, whatever. Today. He just doesn't care. You can tell. Uh, not that he's not giving us quality news. I'm of just saying not. he's very sort of a laissez-faire. Uh, speaking of that, Tim Riley, if you can join us in the studio, uh, we'll roll our top five here in just a second. Matt Green, hello. Hello. All right, can we test uh, these mics here to make sure that we know which one works, where it comes up at the board, and that it sounds good? All right. Let's, okay, uh, five, three, and four on. So I'll turn off. So turn off Tim, and you can turn off me actually for a second. Okay. This should be number three. Are you hearing anything? No, okay. no not. Turn on four. Okay, here's number four. And are we there now? Yes, you're on there. All right. Can you can you uh, just uh, read this so we can get a and we can just I don't test. Know. It's like an on the air audition. <laughs> <laughs> now on DVD and Blu-ray. It's the high def thing. Dan in real life. Okay, that sounds fine. Excellent. Yeah, you sound good. All right, it's going to be like smooth jazz. And that's this mic here? Ooh. So that's number four. All right, so I'm going to put that <laughs> here, and I'm going to actually put that one over there. Uh, I'm actually going to unplug that one, just so we don't use it by mistake. There will be no mistake. All right, yes. excellent. Thank you. All right, wonderful. All right, thanks, All right. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, I'm nervous. All right, it's that time. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. Five. Counting is the best thing to do. Counting is 
happiness counting is ecstasy. I love to count. Can I just say, the best thing about the podcast means that this program is sort of like a wave. They hear it here in Portland. Then, you know, as it gets posted, they hear it across the country, which means that hours later I get things like, you are a retard. All about <laughs> two being a... And then, and then somebody sending me the... Uh, you know, like the Wikipedia entry on prime numbers. Thanks so much. I appreciate Can't it. Can't wait to hear when they get to the octopi part. Yeah. Have fun with that, everybody. Uh, here's Tim Riley. So after much soul-searching and many, many changes to the list, Sarah Hanks Dillon has compiled these. Her top five favorite TV themes of all time. Here we go. All right. This is your top Are you ready, Sarah? No. Let me ask you this. Before we go, uh, with this before we plunge on in, uh, how confident are you in this list on a scale of 1 to 10? I'm confident that each of them um, is special to me. Mm-hmm. How confident are you? Let's see. Uh, let me ask you this. On a scale of... On, no, no, no. On a, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the list is perfect, 10 being you'd give anything to do it over. At the end of the list, how much do you think... What's the likelihood that you're going to go, oh, I wish I'd... I think number one people probably think is a little bit of BS, but it's special. To, it's, it's In your it's world. It's the most recognizable theme I've ever heard in my world. Okay, so in Sarah Dillon's universe. All of these have special significance to me, and all, all right. of them are very much connected to the shows right. that they represent. Because the thing is, at the end of mine, I would have given anything to take off Hill Street Blues and put on Battlestar Galactica. I see one that I might... That I... See? So it, it begins. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Dillon's top five TV theme songs of all time. With honorable mention going to Step by Step, yeah. so Patrick Duffy. Hi, kids, I'm TV's Patrick Duffy. Where's the roller coaster part? Here it is. Whoa. Was he on Cheese the Sheriff? With, with sure. Suzanne Summers? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Come on. I'm sorry, I'm just listening to it. Okay, step by step, day by day. Who didn't watch this show? It was between this and Family Matters. I watched it every afternoon. Family Matters. I, I love that. Family Matters. So much of this is, oh, could you come up? Susan Summers and Cody and all of the um, crazy family shenanigans. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is my honorable mention. What did we have the other day that we reckon we were that Eddie that Eddie Rabbit step by step song and we were sort of calling him out eh, as being the originator of this inadvertently. Yeah. Come on. Uh, I forgot about the children's chorus at the end. No, children's chorus is the way to say quality. This was the dumbest show ever. Yeah. It was between that and Saved by the Bell. You didn't put Saved by the Bell on the list? That's, that's one of them I took off. I can't believe that. I totally predicted Saved by the Bell. There'll be other lists. I had to, yeah, I had to take it off because I totally forgot this next one. I, I actually replaced Saved by the Bell with the next by one. By the way, don't forget, uh, we had to do this sometime today. We have to pick a listener who will present their top five tomorrow oh, in the yeah, studio. Oh, yeah, yeah, All right, these are Sarah Dillon's top five TV theme songs of all time. Number five, Jim, Sarah's favorite cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's great. Good choice. Good yeah, for you. I could not. Well done. And then there's the part when the misfits kind of break into Jen's like magical music video. They are the misfits. Their songs are better. Exactly. And they kind of shove Jen aside, but then she comes back and she's like, "No, I'm Jen." You know, okay. the, the biggest advantage of my wife. Uh, my wife probably drop drops a Jem reference once a week. Jim is my name. 
this entire series on DVD. Really? My sister and I used to drink bottles of wine whenever I go visit her in Seattle and we watched <laughs> Kim's reaction to that is priceless. And we wouldn't end up going out because we were supposed to meet up with her friends. And we, we were going to go out, but we got drunk on a bottle of wine and watched Gem. <laughs> Multiple bottles of wine. And you were champagne. how old? Oh, no this, was, no, this was after I had it on DVD. But I'm saying, at what age were you doing um, this? I don't know, a few years back. That's like what I'm saying. So not like when you were 19, when it might have been, you know, expected. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right, dude. I mean, look, I can tell you, I sat and I watched the entire first two seasons of Land of the Lost uh, at the age of, like, 32, sitting there on the couch in my boxer shorts watching, uh, like, bad claymation dinosaurs. Well, Jen is so frustrating. It's such a, you know, a wonderful slash terrible show because you're watching it, and this whole time her craphead boyfriend's cheating on her with Jerrica. Who is, in fact, Jem, you I, know? Yeah. And so you're watching it, and she's just like, oh, but he's so wonderful. So it resonated with you as a woman as well. It really did. All right. It spoke to me. Now, they have their, is there a soundtrack to Jem, like an official soundtrack? Um, because yeah, they gotta be selling that now if there isn't one. Oh yeah, they have tons. Of, well, it depends on what gem it is. I mean, they have the songs that they do like how you play the game on the show or any of those kinds. Or else they have uh, gem goes gold, glitter and gold, and uh -huh. there's this whole glitter and gold gem. Do you think it's time for a resurgence in gem? Like, do you think it's time for like a made-for-TV gem movie? Mm, perhaps. Would you watch it? You'd watch it if it was on. If they did like a one-shot gem reunion movie, would you watch? A gem reunion movie that doesn't even make any sense. But you know what I'm saying? Like, well, where are they now? Where they follow it up now? Oh, if they did like a fake. Reunion? Yeah, no, I'm saying like like a one-shot animated movie uh, that is just, you know, like when they used to do TV series, like Gilligan's Island. They did Gilligan's Island for a couple years, and then it was canceled, but then they reunited everybody, and they did a Gilligan's Island, like, TV movie. Oh. Uh, where sort of the continuing adventures of, like, you know, the time of an Arrested Development movie. Yeah. So like that, but with Jim. Mm -hmm. You'd watch that. I'd probably watch that. Money in the Bank. Also this, you know what we ought to do at some point? we got to find out who was the voice of Jim, and we have to interview her. <gasps> See? That's the best idea you've ever had. That's why they pay me... Mid-range dollars. Right. We can bring her in here. Uh, by the way, I did track down th via our good friend Mike Everhart. I found the name of the woman who sang the Laverne and Shirley theme, Tim, and I'm going to try to get her on the show too. What's she doing these days? Sitting around waiting to be on Jackal radio programs, undoubtedly, and running a BMB in Idaho, trading in caps <laughs> and stamps for things. Uh, these are Sarah Dillon's top five TV theme songs of all time. Number four, the Full House theme. <laughs> He's not no, I'm with that. Boy, listen to those electronic drums. One of my favorite moments when um, my family and I used to go on a lot of vacations and we went to San Francisco where I went to Alcatraz. Uh -huh. And my sister and I ran through the field in front of the full house house. Yep. David Coulier. You know, this sounded a lot better in my head. Well, that's how the Hill Street Blues theme was. Yeah. I went home and my wife was like, yeah, you chose poorly with Hill Street Blues. Because you remember it being really great. Uh -huh. And you kind of, and when I was recording mine in, I would listen to the first five or six seconds to make sure that it was high quality. That's exactly what I did, too. And I heard the beginning of the Hill Street Blues. I'm like, it's gold. And then as soon as I played the whole thing on the air, no. Is this show still on in syndication somewhere? Oh, oh no, it's in reruns. Yeah. yeah, no, these things never go away. I haven't seen it in front Yeah, those kids are be grandparents by the time. Oh, yeah, no, and you read those stories about how, like, you'll hear those things, how at some point in America, Gilligan's Island is playing every single minute of the day. Oh, my God. Yes. So I'm watching this video, and it's not Bob Saget playing Bob Saget's character. 
This must be in the, the opening credits. This must be the pilot. Yeah, oh, really? Pilot. Yeah. No, that happens a lot, actually. Totally random dude. That does happen sometimes. Where in the pilot, it'll be played by one person. Like, uh, well, or in like uh, Happy Days. If you watch the pilot, like Richie Cunningham has an older brother, like Skip Cunningham yeah. or whatever, and I think they just send him to Vietnam or something to get rid of him. <laughs> whatever. Oh, he's dead, baby. All right, Sarah Dillon's top five TV theme songs of all time. Oh, before we get to number three, Geraldine Ferrero has just quit the Hillary Clinton campaign. Ha <laughs> ha, pwned. Number three, Twin Peaks, a damn fine yeah. TV show. All right. Did you ever hear the uh, the Anthrax cover of this song? No. And the band Anthrax did not a metal cover, but sort of a, a weird kind of rock-tinged cover of this that was actually really well, good. I love all of the music they have in Twin Peaks. I can't remember the um, composer that did most of it, but it's so bizarre. And I, I love listening to this theme. Like, usually I'll fast-forward through TV themes. Right. But, um, you know, when my DVD player crapped out, I ended up watching the entire series of Twin Peaks again on VHS. Well, that's... Every time I would just sit there and sip of the entire theme. That's the mark of a good theme. I mean, really, when when you don't want to skip past it, you want it like with the Sopranos. You know, that's the thing. It was a huge. It was. You know what it is? The difference between a good theme and a decent theme. A good theme seems uh, indivisible from the show. Mm -hmm. You view it as part of the show. Whereas with some things, you're like skip. You know, you skip past it. When you want to watch the theme, it means it's in your head. It is inextricably linked mm -hmm. with the television show. Kind of like in CSI when they have that, when David Crusoe says that one stupid last line. And, and then they go, the, the who are you or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, looks like, and it's always a pun or something, too. It's always the worst yeah. joke. He has the worst puns I've ever seen. He always takes off his sunglasses and looks off into the distance. <laughs> and says so his pun and the music starts and it's like, the Wow. Now I'm trying to conjure up a David Caruso pun and I can't do it. I'm trying. I was I'm, trying to. I'm too. trying to come up with one in my head. Well, today it looks like we're all going to be seeing red. <laughs> Boy, how what a, what a horrible thing that CSI show has done by stealing that song out of all of our heads. Oh yeah. And now we're just, just totally linked with that. I think it's a different one for CSI Miami than. Is so. it? Is he on CSI Miami? Yeah. Then I'm see. Then I'm see. This one I get for not CSI. watching CSI actually because I'm merging them all in my brain. Because isn't there like nine law and orders too? That's the same thing we look. Because there's the one that's all like, like, one that's all nothing but raping, mm -hmm. and then there's, there's the one that's nothing there's but like special victims unit. That that's, isn't that what that one is? Yeah, that one. I saw that for the first time a couple nights ago. That's pretty terrible. Yeah, and then there's the one that's nothing but plotting and scheming. These are Sarah Dillon's top five TV theme songs of all time. Number two, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Good for you. I remember this was well done. Where to go? We have to listen to Jean-Luc talk though. Space. Yeah. The final frontier. Oh, what a sexy man voice. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no one has gone before. We used to watch this every Sunday night. This is like... This I love this family show. Time. I love Star Trek: The Next Generation. I still love it. It's a great show, and Star Trek: The Next Generation is so good that I know a lot of people who would not even consider themselves sci-fi fans who watch it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not you're not like a hardcore science fiction fan. No, not not at all. But this show is so good, it just it it, it, it defies categorization. And this was the one thing that my sister and you and I and my parents would all get along on watching this and life goes on. Did that the thing and that's the other thing. Every uh, family had the, the one show that everyone could agree on. Just like there's that one station that worked that everybody can agree on. 
Uh, so your family had Star Trek The Next Generation and Life Goes On? We watched Life Goes On and then we also watched The Wonder Years. Tim, the, uh, the one show everybody in your family could agree on? All in the Family. Yeah, see, uh, for us it was All in the Family and or M.A.S.H. Everybody in the family could watch MASH. Oh, my dad loved MASH. Oh, Georgia Marsh, you bet your life on CBN Cable. Yeah, see, my dad liked that and my mom didn't. CBN, God, I miss CBN. They had a great booth announcer. They did, CBN had, uh, because they, they were, I mean, they had, like, one after another. CBN was Burns and Allen, Jack Benny, I Married, I married Joan. Joan. I Married Joan. One of the great... <laughs> Cell phone? Yeah. Okay, sorry. sorry. Uh, I Married Joan is one of the great lost sitcoms, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and then, yeah, and then, uh, then You Bet Your Life. Wow, the Jack Benny I've show. I've never seen You Bet Your Life. You, uh, you Bet Your oh, Life is hilarious. It's, it, oh, yeah? it, 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 it was on uh, Channel 14 for a while before they took it away. I taped a couple of those, actually. Um, uh, and there was a... There was a uh, did you see the I Bet Your Life rerun where it was two sets of twins, and it was that thing where, like, male twins had married female twins, but they were from Salt Lake City, I think. They were from Utah. Oh, that's... Uh, and so they, were, so they were just bland as dirt. Uh, but it was it, the thing about I bet your life, and we'll get right back to the top five. Is it, it is such a window into a different time. I mean, really, it's where things were so just one-dimensional and deliberate, and one thing happening at a time. Everybody slowed down. The pace was real gentle. Not too much happening to keep track of, you know. And then you fast forward to shows, you know, to, to television shows now, which, I mean, every where they have to work so hard to keep you amused. Like every three seconds, something has to be blowing up. Uh, all right, this is Sarah Dillon's top five TV theme songs. Number one, the theme from Beverly Hills, nine zero two one zero. Boy, that is iconic, though. Everybody recognizes that. You cannot not associate this. Happiest moment of my week. <laughs> I have this as my ringtone for We can always time. be grateful to the show for giving us Beverly Hills teens as well. Oh, God, so these, terrible these are so bad and dated, but they're so good. Okay, that first knock thing, I mean, come on, that da-na-na-na. No, that da na na you know, and the thing is, I wasn't a big fan of the show, but even I know it. Everybody does. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. Back after this. There you go, Sarah Dillon. How do you feel about it? One to ten. Uh, I feel okay. A seven? I'd say about a five. All right. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Fans, AM970 now gives you one more way to listen with the AM970 almost live stream. Just go to 970.am weekdays and catch the Rick Emerson show almost live. And of course, don't miss the Rick Emerson podcast, archives, photo galleries, and more. The AM970 almost live stream. Middays at 970.am and only from AM970. Solid State Radio. First song ever, too. Oh, I love it. You know who will spot it right away? Chris Paddock. <laughs> Chris Paddock at KUFO will spot that song right away. 
He'll get that in. Bob, I can name that in two notes. In fact, I should I should bring him in. I should bring him in later and uh, see if he can actually identify it. All right. By the way, I hold here in my hands. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we got Tim Riley coming up here in a few moments. More news. Uh, we are going to select a listener to come in tomorrow, or tomorrow, as they say, in toilet seats stuck to my ass countries, uh, to, uh, to do their own top five TV theme list. Um, but I hold here in my hands. This is from James. Uh, works down the hall. James, uh, voice of Jem, Samantha Newark. Ah, singing voice of Jem, Britta Phillips. Hmm. A girl named Britta is completely hot. You just know she is. Uh, Britta's a lot of purifiers. Samantha Newark, voice of Jem, Britta Phillips, singing voice of Jem. So there you go. So we're, now we're going to try to get them on the show. I think I had heard that the girl, um, maybe from Letters to Cleo or something, was the was the singer for Jem. Maybe. What is her name? Uh, the singing voice, Britta yeah. Phillips. B-R-I-T-T-A. Phillips with two L's. She is purportedly the singing voice of Jim. So thank you to James. All right. So let's uh, do this, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A Washington state woman is accused of putting food on her family. They've arrested a woman for throwing food at her daughter. It happened when deputies were called to a house in Silverdale. There was a domestic dispute between a grandma and her daughter. Uh, grandma became angry because her daughter returned a toy that the grandmother had given to her grandchildren and bought a gallon of milk without money. Well, Grandma poured the milk right down the drain and threw a pan of food. When the authorities arrived, they found the meal of pasta and meat all over the walls and floor and members still arguing at each other. The grandma has been booked into the county jail for fourth-degree assault. Deer urine makes students ill. For a minute, I thought you were doing like a deer urine. <laughs> have I ever thanked you for the many gifts you have given me as a human? Officials are searching for a person who poured <laughs> urine from deer into an air conditioning unit as a silly prank and made students ill at an East Tennessee high school. Deer urine is like some sort of competitor the Dan Savage column. Paramedics treated students who complained of headaches and nausea. Uh, they recovered after getting some fresh air outside. Firefighters shut down the air conditioning units near the special education room to discover the deer urine. The prank could result in a vandalism charge. Bottled deer urine is used to attract animals for hunting. Well, okay. And is a great gift idea. Is that the extent of your news? Yes, for now. Oh, I was... <laughs> Well, I suppose I can get a little more time if necessary. No, I'm just, I was just curious. You, it's like you reached a stopping point. Dear urine. And then I sometimes, and then I sometimes will just sort of rhetorically say, "Is that the extent of your news?" And then it was like you had just been sort of like snapped out of a coma, really suddenly there. Well, Let me ask you this, Tim. Yes. On a scale of one to ten, mm -hmm. how ready are you to go on vacation? Oh, I'm more than ready. <laughs> exactly. Well, then go, Tim. Just go. <laughs> just get out. Uh, let's do one more here, and it, uh, it appears that Morgan Grace has arrived. So let's do one more, uh, and then uh, I, I know you have uh, other words preparing news for later in the day. Yes, yes. There are many yes. live newscasts that will air throughout the afternoon. Uh, then we'll bring Morgan in, and we got to find a, a listener to come in tomorrow with their own top five. Let's do a one more here. Uh, MTV reality alumnus Nick Lachey is returning to that channel, this time behind the scenes. Lachey will uh, focus on being executive producer to a series described by MTV as a reality version of fame. But not New York this time. <laughs> Listen to the... I can just hear the derision dripping with every syllable. But it, it doesn't take place at the New York City High School oh, this time. Not. It focuses on students of Cincinnati School for Creative and Performing Arts. <laughs> no, that's where Wait, all... Lachey attended. Um, <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> the best thing about some of your reads is how I can hear 
like you were just agog uh, with surprise and something like you're incredulous <laughs> at some of these revelations as though they like if they were to say that uh, Ryan Seacrest had a degree in advanced super string theory or something it's one of the things where even as you're reading and I can hear that you don't quite believe it so no 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 I all find the, a lot uh, of these things unbelievable yet they must be told all the great art does come from Cincinnati it does. A, it's a known phenomenon it is all right ladies and gentlemen mm -hmm. off to enjoy a luxurious vacation in the city of angels Tim Riley. After news tonight. After news this yeah. afternoon, which Have of course fun, is Tim. conveyed live. Thank you very much. Tim Riley, Bye. greatest newsman, Bye. back at four, five, six, and seven. Uh, top of the hour, all the way through Lycus. All right, uh, Richie. He's free. I can see him just running down the hall, holding his arm. <laughs> running to the car uh, after uh, after staying to do news. Of course, of course, he has after to complete all. Mm -hmm. uh, Richie Bristol, let's uh, bring Morgan Grace into the studio. If we would. All right, so here's how we're going to handle this. Um, <coughs> Here's how we're going to handle this uh, this top five thing. So we are seeking... Well, first of all, what are these people calling about? I'll have to go through Probably and blow up these phones. Sarah's list is stupid. No, you, I got nothing but compliments about your list. I think that was largely said to, to stick it to me. Uh, but, you know, what can you do? I, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, I will figure out who's on these... Uh, who's uh, here. We are going to... You have the theme queued up? Yeah. All right, so Sarah There's is... There's a lot more dialogue than I thought. It's like 25 seconds of dialogue, but it's kind of hilarious. But you're saying it's worth it. I think it might be worth right. it. So we will play the mystery theme. After the playing of the mystery theme, uh, we will then accept the fifth caller. And if you can correctly identify the show to which this theme belongs, uh, you will be able to come into the studio tomorrow and do your own uh, top five TV theme songs of all time. Now, here's a couple caveats. A, uh, you got to be able to... Well, really, the only caveat is you have to be able to be here. Like, you can't, like, phone at the end or send... Do the thing like a... Marlon Brando that sent like Wanda Littlefeather or something to do it in his stead. You got to be able to be here, so we will uh, we will play this theme. Here's what we're gonna do because of the delay. We'll play the theme. We'll take these calls, uh, and then we will take the fifth caller. They can identify it. They come into the studio to do the themes uh, tomorrow. All right, um, Sarah, go ahead and play the mystery theme. I mean, if it's all right, I think uh, I might be able to help. Yeah. Uh, sure, it's your song. Show us what you got in mind. The liver-spotted hands of Aaron Spelling. Hey, look who finally decided to show up. Oh, I'm sorry. Of whoever it is that made this show. It's okay, man. Have a seat. We'll take care of it from here. It's okay, Wait man. Wait a minute. Why don't we give him a chance? Give him a chance. I can play. I swear it starts any second now. I know stuff. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. And you can tell this guy's edgy because he's wearing like a flowy pirate shirt with long curly hair. <laughs> Does he wear a shirt that says rock? It's like unbuttoned too. Yeah. Navel. What show? Really, Paging Neil Finn. From? How long are you gonna th let this run? Oh, I don't. We can just play in the background as you pick all up right. people. So, uh, uh, instant reverb. Uh, all right, let's take these calls and then, uh, as we move through the calls and uh, free these lines up, Richie, we'll take caller five. If they can spot uh, this theme, then they'll get to come in tomorrow and do their top five TV theme songs of all time. Hello, Rick Emerson Show. Who this? It's Chris. Okay, you can't guess at this, by the way, because you were already on the line. What do you have to share with us today? Well, I just thought you missed a joke on the monkey story. Please do enlighten me. Okay, well, you have the, the name of the monkey, the macaque, right? Yes. And they're trying to do a rivalry between the macaques, and I thought maybe if the person that signed the death warrant of Mr. Macaque was a headfield. You have the head fields and macaques. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Uh -huh. Bye. All right. All right. Is it All right. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show this guy. Hello, this guy. Hello. Can you correctly identify this song and the uh, TV series from which it derives? Are you going to replay it? 
No, it's, it, we're, we're playing. Did you not hear it? Oh, no. There oh, please, go. for the love of God. All right, Sarah, can you pot it down for a second? All right, did you, in fact, hear it when we played it? I believe so. All right, so, sir, what is the name of that television series? Is it not Partridge Family? <laughs> really? Really? Is this like... Is this is this like an Andy Kaufman esque bit where you call it with an obviously lame guest? Fox thing in the nineties. Okay. Yeah, bye. Bye bye. Yeah. Thanks so much for playing. Time I'll never get back. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Who's this? Hey, it's Chris. Hi, it's Chris. Yeah. Okay, sir. Can you correctly identify this TV series? Uh, the It is the Heights. Congratulations, my friend. Uh, the lamest, whitest response to the commitments you can possibly imagine. Show oh, it was awful. No, it was ever. so bad that they almost bad. have to put it out on DVD I like so I can watch it again. That's the shows, and it's it's so bad. All right, sir. Can you be in the studio tomorrow in the two o'clock hour? I can. All right. So here's the deal. Is this Mailman Chris? It is. It oh, is. Oh, dude. All right. Fine. Whatever. You should All be right. exempt from me. Really, you ought not to be allowed to win anything. But what can you do? All right. You're the new George from Wilsonville. Uh, all right. I'm so, so assemble your top is five. Is your pink eye gone? Because you're not coming. Oh yeah, you can't. Uh, yeah, are you all pinked up? No, no, no. I no, I didn't have pink eye. It was just uh, I cut my cornea. Yeah. That's equally unpleasant. All right. Well, thanks. <laughs> Uh, okay, so assemble your top... Fine. I'm back to work, and I'll be on uh -huh. tomorrow, so I'll be there tomorrow. No, baby, I just caught up my zipper. It ain't no thing. All right, there you go. Uh, all right, well, assemble your top five, and then come in tomorrow. Pinkless. All right. So welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Morgan Grace. Hi, Morgan. How you doing? You don't have pink eye, do you? Please resist the urge to say something filthy in response to that. I'm just happy because I knew that was the height. All right, can we get you to let me move this back here? You gotta. Oh, if, okay. if you get off these mics, they tend to lose you there. Oh, okay. I'm used oh, to oh, what's going on? One of those days. All right. All right. There we Hello. go. All right. So Morgan Gray. So uh, long story short. So so Morgan sends me this email like three weeks ago. She's like, hey. Uh, oh, and Stephanie from Cleveland is here, by the way, for moral support. <laughs> Hi. She's yeah. not invisible. I didn't know if you. Well, I didn't know if you were just sort of here as you know like. Well, I don't know if you were like her, like her ride or something. She's I, my, I don't know. know if you wanted to be introduced. No, she's my handler. So you're people. Yeah. You have to go through Stephanie. Two slightly awake people make one awake person. Is that is this where like I can't look you directly in the eye? I have to ask her things and like she conveys it to you. And Miss Grace isn't to be spoken to. Don't touch Miss Grace. Uh, so Morgan sends me this email like three weeks ago. She's like, Hey, I got the show coming up at wherever. She's like, Can you mention it? And I printed it off and and, and I had heard you uh, with Cleveland. And then I'd heard about you, but I'd like, I hadn't really ever listened to much of your stuff. And so I kind of gave it a cursory sort of, and if you're not doing anything better tonight, I guess you can go see uh, Morgan. All right. <laughs> and I read it, and I put it on the pot. I mean, this is how I did it. And so then, like a week later, it's like Saturday morning, uh, like 11 a.m., sitting in front of my computer, and I was just one of those things where I was just looking for new music or whatever. And I think it was that that had sort of put your name in my head. And so... Um, so I went to your MySpace page, and I listened to you, and I don't really know what I was expecting. It's not like I was ex expecting it to not be good. I just didn't know what it was. Uh, I had no idea. And it was, it was really good, and I was just blown away by it. And then I had all of this, like, residual, like, this, uh, this retroactive Catholic guilt about having given short shrift to your last show, about li literally having spent, like, four seconds talking about it. So then immediately it was just like, oh, the guilt, I have to. So here you are today. So thanks Thank for coming in. Thank you very much. Anyway, so you're fantastic. So you rule. <laughs> Oh, shucks. Well, all right. In any event, so you are playing... I feel like a gushy little schoolgirl I'm right just now. saying, well, you know... Well, because Look, let me just say, the, the life is too... The world is full of bad music and just bad everything. There's this uh, maxim, it's a Sturgeon's Law, that 90% of everything is bad. And that applies to the people, food, movies, music, whatever. Uh, and so life is just too short to spend on bad music. 
so when we hear something that's good, uh, we really, and Sarah will tell you this, when we hear something we like, we like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We like to, you know, to promote it however we can. So, uh, so before we do anything else, your show tonight, when, where? Slaptown. I play right at 9.30, and that's with Royal Hauser and Gas Lanyard. I don't I don't know anything about those people, but I, I will in just a matter of hours. Fantastic. All right. Yeah, but they're irrelevant to our equation here. They don't even matter. So they're dead to me for, for the purposes of this conversation. Okay. So <laughs> you are on at 9.30, though. Slaptown, which is located yes. where? Um, 1633 Northwest, uh, something next to Radio Cab. I think it's Kearney. There you go. So armed with that information, everyone. Please try to be there. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you are at myspace.com slash Morgan Grace? Yes, sir. Excellent. Are you going to favor us with a song or two? I was thinking about it. Does that sound okay? You were just thinking about it? No, just I Just ruminating, I pondering? I li- literally, I woke up on my couch, um, and it was a quarter to two, so I barely had time to, like, <laughs> brush my teeth and scrape the cat hair off my pants and go, Stephanie, I'm late. <laughs> I thought it was just, like, your detached rock star, uh, you know, mystique. No, I actually am kind of an overachiever. <laughs> that's a lie. Um, but no, yeah. So that's, All right. That's well, I'll tell you what. So what are you going to play? Um, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe you're going to ruin my life? Whatever, Ed. As long as as long as it's not going to get me fined by the FCC, it is up to you. You have carte how, blanche. How do you do F-bombs in a song? You don't say them typically. That's okay. kind of how we like <laughs> to approach the it. F-word is not oh, okay. saying it. Uh, so you can skip it. You can replace it with another it's word. Like frickin? Yes, you can. Maybe I'll play. Because uh, um, nothing sounds more rocking than to say frickin'. So frickin'. Really, honestly, you can say friggin' or effin' or whatever. Just yeah, b- please try not to get our license taken away. I'll say frickin' so I get that hard K sound. Excellent. Okay. All right, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, Morgan Grace. Okay. This is a song called "I Didn't Steal Your Husband," <laughs> though clearly I did. Okay. He was already gone He'd already left you When we started carrying on Now I can't help it Though we like each other But it ain't like that We ain't even slept together Yet I didn't steal your husband And I ain't doing nothing wrong I'm sorry that you fought all night and day And I'm sorry that this kid's involved But belly aching, drinking and putting me down In a way to get your problems solved Don't hate me cause I'm young and single Pretty and free That it would be alright He was a puppy dog begging those damn blue eyes He said divorce and he was on his mind He said it wasn't even cheating You were done at the done All right, we did sleep together And it was a lot of fun I didn't mean to steal your husband But now it's done Alright, I'm sorry And this is the part of the song Where the husband You're married, Rick, right? What does the husband always do? <laughs> Baby, I'm so sorry. I, I was drunk. It didn't happen. Yeah, they always go back. She lying. <laughs> well, I guess you got your husband back, little lady. Are you happy that the dogs come home? Are you glad to reconcile with the man who's got the personality of styrofoam? He cheated on you and you can live with it? You must be a freaking idiot. Good luck to you and your husband. Good luck to you and your husband. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I ain't doing nothing wrong. <laughs> Woo! Fantastic. Oh, 
another, please. Oh, uh, yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, we have time here, don't we? Yeah, we've um, like five, six minutes okay. left to break. Um, okay, so before we play the second one, so um, so there's a couple things I ask people when they come in for stuff like this. So first of all, um, I wrote kind of this blog post uh, a couple weeks back when I'd heard some of your songs on MySpace. And it seems like you are... I know you're obviously not just a person who makes music. You love music, too. So two questions. Loving music. How did that start? Go. Def Leppard, 12 years old, Sweet Home, Oregon, Trailer Park, uh, Wife Beating Dad, uh, uh, the end. Which uh, Def Leppard? Uh, like Pyromania, Def Leppard. All right. Hysteria, Def Leppard. Fantastic. It was like, uh, you know, 80, 88. And you, it was a CD, tape, probably tape at oh, that God. point. We, Vinyl. We had just catapulted ourselves into the technology of the late 80s with a cassette player. Yeah. So... I and mean, yeah, was we it were. somebody else? Did you buy it? Did you borrow it? Um, I think, uh, no, I think we bought it. I, I don't remember. I mean, we were rocking like Debbie Gibson, Mike, uh, George Michael, and the Beastie Boys, and Def Leppard, and like, you know, Appetite, and all of those things like Def Leppard stuck out. Fantastic. And then when did you start <laughs> creating your own music? I wrote, <laughs> I wrote a horrid song when I was in the sixth grade um, about, uh, you're in my math class, blah, 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 blah. And, um, yeah, that didn't go anywhere. But um, probably like 13 or 14. I got I got my first guitar when I was 12 and started writing songs after that, you know. There Excellent. were all sort of these gifts to somebody who didn't care. I was going to ask how many of your, if I can ask this, how many of your songs are about real people? Um, oh, I don't know. Probably like 95% of them. I mean, there's like, there's a human being attached to the muse, but the human being is always a giant disappointment, and the muse can live on in my imagination. I mean, I, I write songs typically about, um, like, boys who don't care, <laughs> and um, uh, but I think if you can kind of divorce yourself from the human part of it and just sort of let the muse aspect of, of that human being kind of live and breathe on its own, you can you can make them do or say or, you know, be whoever you want them to be. She's Morgan Grace. She's at Slabtown tonight on MySpace. What other? What else do you want to play for us? Um, Dealer's Choice. Can I plug a Cleveland show? Absolutely. Oh, Stephanie? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Cleveland is right. sleeping in Would the Would you corner. like a pillow? <laughs> Sorry. Don't you worry about us. It's like sweet lullabies um, in Grace. I play guitar in Cleveland, too, and we've been on break for like three months now. But yeah. We'll be back at the Tonic on Friday, March 14th. And really, if anybody hasn't seen Cleveland, I saw, I've seen you guys a couple times, and I saw you at Rockfest, uh, oh, which was great, because it, and really, because uh, Court and Fatboy introduced you guys, and you came out, and there was, if I may stereotype for just a moment, there is kind of that dude contingent. It's like, other chicks, yeah. I'm going to yeah. go to the beer garden. But it's like, as soon as you started to play, it was like you could just hear, like, faces melting sort of everywhere. Uh, so um, let's go ahead and do uh, one more. You uh, okay. you choose, sister. What do you think? You're going to ruin my life? I, you're not going to play the Valentine's song? Oh, I left the lyrics in my other jacket. Oh, um, okay. Well, you've been rocking that song a lot on the air. I have indeed. Okay. If you want to hear Valentine, you can go to myspace.com slash Morgan Grace. Here's a song called You're Going to Ruin My Life. <laughs> this is the kind of love song I write. I almost said Morgan Grace, like as in the third person. This is the kind of love song you can expect from Morgan Grace. There, I did it. You're going to ruin my life.
So, uh, Morgan Grace, Slab Town tonight, 9.30, uh, online at myspace.com slash Morgan Grace. And at and as well. Morgan and also playing guitar with uh, Cleveland. Uh, on Friday. Uh, on the Friday. Talk. So, excellent. Thank you so much for coming in. So, Thanks for having us. Not at all. That, I mean, really, honestly, it was, the pleasure was all on this side of the table, Morgan. Well, in that case, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> excellent. All right. Thank you so much. Back after this, don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I was really stoked. You're worried. Not worried. Thought it was going to be time for a talk. <laughs> Any day now. So I'm looking at these. I forgot that we forgot to do this. These screen captures from the Emperor's Club, which is this like the hooker place that the governor was using. Here's the thing about this. I'm looking where some of these girls for the whole day is like literally one of this thirty-one thousand dollars for a twenty-four hour, uh, you know, for twenty-four hours with them or whatever. Um, anyway. As a listen to this now, as a pianist, she plays the best of Bach. Apparently, when she's not humping you for money, yeah, um, she does. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-one thousand dollars. But listen to this. Some of these descriptions of the girls. Again, I'm no prude. This is sort of icky. Uh, this girl is Marina. Uh, meet Marina once, and you'll welcome her into your life forever. Let's see. What else do we have here? Um, yeah, a woman with really bad implants. Uh, there was somebody else here. There was like a weird, there was a weird description of one of these women. Uh, let's, how about with Renee? Renee lets you wake up the excitement that's inside of you. Uh, how about this? Julia, and it looks like Julia was filmed in that same studio where they did like, uh, where they did like the Staying Alive dance rehearsals. It's like a, like mirrors on the wall on a wood floor. Is it still just from like next down? It's, it's from the nose down. Like you can see the nose, you can see the mouth basically, but you can't see, it's like middle of the nose. Like if literally there were to be a line at the tip of your nose, it's from there down. Okay. Enjoy the presence of Julia, a beautiful European-American university student 
Uh-huh. She's vivacious and agreeable. Creepy. <laughs> she has a uh, an interesting nature and pleasant disposition. Live it up with Julia. All right. And we're going to end on that. All right, we want to thank uh, Morgan Grace for being in the studio with us tonight. Morgan, uh, uh, MySpace.com slash Morgan Grace. And tonight, Slabtown, 930, and then at the Tonic Friday uh, with Cleveland. Uh, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins, James Rube, and Steve Kastenbaum. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and, uh, and Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM 77 State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phone is Richard Bristol. Gay, uh, Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. And the CBS Radio Portland marketing guru is Susan Reynolds. Like us next, Down on Mike at 7. See you all tomorrow at 11. I'm huge. Bye now.